keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Okay, welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. As always, I'm joined with Robert Karpolis, Mike Lawrence, Scott Chaplin, and Zachary Millian. We uh, we are a week out of WrestleMania, and, uh, and uh, I want to thank everybody for... Tuning into our roast of Hulk Hogan, it was our biggest episode ever. I want to thank Benji and Brian and Soder and and everybody else who uh, who helped make the episode what it was. Uh, I'm just gonna tell you right now, uh, our next couple roasts are gonna be doozies. We've got the Fiend, the Ultimate Warrior, Kenny Omega, and Jerry the King Lawler. So. Uh, just a bunch of weirdos, one after another. It's gonna unless be unless one blast. of them dies, then we'll call an audible. Then we'll call an audible unless that and... person's Jerry Lawler. Then we'll just move it up a week. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not we're not gonna postpone the Lawler roast, right? God, if he's not having a heart attack when he gives the Bellas their Hall of Fame uh, moment, he's not dying soon. <laughs> if yeah. he can't wait eighteen years, I ain't waiting eighteen days. Jerry Lawler just saying two titties, four titties. There, there is no one that Jerry Lawler can be attracted to that is old enough to be in the Hall of Fame. There's just no way. You can look, but you can't touch is something that the school he drives past had to put on there. <laughs> I don't know, Dan. Some of those, some of those Warrior Award recipients are pretty well in the Lawler oh. wheelhouse. Yeah, Waller was so bummed when he saw Titus with it. He was like, oh, man, really? Yeah. He's I mean, like, we're not doing school visits this year because of COVID. <laughs> you sure? He's like, either I co-host with Hogan or Jerry gets to hang with my kids, but not both. <laughs> Maybe that's the only way you can, like, not kill yourself working at WWE for 30 years. You just have to molest uh, children. It's like a va- it's like a vampire. Dan, this is just just Dan's conspiracy thoughts. <laughs> this is like this is a, yeah. It, why is it that like no matter how conservative or liberal you are, like at the end of every conspiracy, it's like a pedophile cabal? Because it's, it's something like, we can all agree is is the worst thing you could do. I, yeah, I think that that's what it is. It, yeah. it, it's, it's the breakfast at Tiffany's. Like, and I said, what about evil pedophilia? <laughs> Also, and by the way, uh, just imagine allegedly in front of everything we just said. Did I just cover us legally? I'm not sure. Yes, Matt Gates allegedly uh, stopped listening. He's still secretly hoping we're going to talk about kids. <laughs> uh, what Dave Anthony, uh, who's got a really funny podcast, he, he like was making fun of Matt Gates yesterday because uh, he's like Matt Gates involved in champagne fueled. 
uh, a, a sex party and he's like champagne fueled how lame is that you know <laughs> like it's all supposed, it's supposed to be cocaine or molly anyway Look, we're not going to uh, get political we won't make jokes about matt gates we'll just tell you what we're pretty sure his favorite kenny omega match is <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh by the way i'm a registered independent uh, I want to apologize. And sex offender. <laughs> and sex... <laughs> sex offender. I want to apologize uh, for missing um, uh, the Patreon last weekend, but we have uh, the roast in New Jack uh, this weekend. We're also going to review AEW and NXT in detail. We're going to tell you which show we preferred in this episode, but we're going to go segment by segment on Saturday. And uh, I'm going to throw SmackDown in there too. We may not go segment by segment SmackDown, but I'm going to see you. You know, it's a, if SmackDown was better than these two shows, and these two shows were very good this week. Uh, and the following week on Patreon, we're going to have um, our top, we're going to have me, Robert, and Mike talking about our top five wrestlers. So just kind of like an easy episode. Uh, then we're going to have an off week, but then we're going to have the roast of Dave Meltzer and another shitty wrestling movie to initiate Mike. I kept thinking, you know, Mike really hasn't had it hard yet joining this podcast. He's got to really, he's got to really dedicate himself. So we're going to be choosing between, I'm going to live tweet this on Monday Night Raw, but we're going to be choosing between Legendary, uh, that is the uh, Heartstrings movie starring John Cena, The Chaperone starring Triple H, Knucklehead starring The Big Show, and Leprechaun Origins starring, you guessed it, Hornswoggle, which I didn't know was a thing until recently. That sounds like um, the best option for us, honestly. That really does sound like the best. I think that's going to win. You know, that's like when I put Meltzer in a poll. It's like there's no way this isn't going <laughs> to this isn't going to win right now. Oh, there's no way people are not going to make us watch Knucklehead. I can already feel it now. Mike hasn't had it hard on this podcast. Now let Mike read the text messages he gets at two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> um we're also gonna have uh we're also oh this is a this is a new thing uh i want to see if you guys be interested in in this but it would be a new tier for patreon uh which would be a uh monday night raw review with me and robert since we watch this fucking shit show every week we might as well get something from it um and uh yeah i think i got i got rid of uh i got rid of all our uh show business um how was your guys' week? Are, are you guys all wrestling down at this point? Holy yes. God. Um, yeah. yeah this I, is, hate, I hate wrestling. This is rough. <laughs> because not only did I watch two nights of WrestleMania, uh, Raw, NXT, AEW, I also, just to like prepare my family, watched the uh, Dark Side of the Ring New Jack Confidential episode to really know what we're getting into. All my affairs are in order. My will has been updated. I have unlisted my address because uh, we all are going to die. Yeah, it really wasn't a smart one to pick this, but uh, well, you I'll know. talk about it more on the Patreon, but uh, I, I, I think New Jack is, uh, is, is a fake. I think it's you a think- gimmick. <laughs> Good. Oh, Kill Scott man. first. I think it's a gimmick, and I think I think you know some people uh, are expendable in terms of trying to commit to a gimmick, and 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 I think so. Are you saying mass? Are you saying mass transit deserved to die? (laughs) Uh, I'm saying if it wasn't New Jack, it was going to be fucking Ronald McDonald, brother. (laughs) 
Oh my god! And I'm, I'm saying there's a good chance Patreon Scott, is. Scott's like using the same to defend defense that like the, the people who thought no, George no, Floyd wasn't killed. <laughs> yes, mass transit was stabbed by carbon monoxide. We all know that. Yeah, let's be honest. If the notorious B.I.G. wasn't shot at 24, it was B.I.G. M.A.C.s that was going to kill him in a year. Or two. <laughs> I mean, it also Patreon might be the name of uh, one of the kids New Jack doesn't know he has. So I don't. I don't think that he doesn't have like the uh, James, the B.B. King thing, right? With like a million. I bet he kids. does. Diabetes. He might have uh, diabetes. <laughs> Well, uh, guys, I got some great news. We got our uh, first sponsor for Wrestle Roast, the first official Wrestle Roasts sponsor, uh, Lucy Nicotine. It's a, a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. This has been researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine and cherry ice flavor. Each and every flavor tastes great. And uh, if you're like me and you've tried to quit smoking a million times, you know that Nicorette, I mean, it just feels like, you know, you're, you're, like chewing on an adhesive. So anything to help make the medicine go down, it's convenient. It's discreet. It can be enjoyed on flights at work, even in the gym. So it's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Wrestle Roast listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code ROASTS to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code ROASTS at checkout. Also, I uh, have to give this disclaimer. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Um, but, you know, way better than smoking a red, right? Lucy.co. And be sure to use that promo code ROASTS. I heard part of that was thinking our listeners are going to the gym. That was the <laughs> highlight of that. Lucy, yeah. Nicot- Lucy Nicotine sounds like Dan's favorite stripper. <laughs> when, when are well, they coming Lucy out Nicotine. that stops me from being addicted to wrestling? <laughs> Could walk away. Anytime Just watch Impact, Mike. That'll take care of it for you. <laughs> <laughs> done love, and done. When's the, should we watch? Um, uh, I no. Can't no, no, no. Okay, right, okay. The start of that was no. All right, was, I should apologize. We watch okay, I apologize, guys. Uh, we have so much to cover this week that we're not gonna. We're gonna skip the ten count. We're just gonna do the stuff we're gonna do and start off uh, with our bright side of the ring. And again, this is a really easy one to do. Uh, Bright Side of the Ring is where we put over the wrestler we're about to roast. And that is the heartbreak kid, Mr. WrestleMania himself, Shawn Michaels. He is who sounds like he smokes three packs of cigarettes a day and easily should have used Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) 
I look, I can't argue against him in ring being the greatest of all time. I made a list of matches Sean was in that were like are not just good, but great. And it's like Rockers, Restoring Express, Michael's Mankind, Michael's Taker Hell in a Cell, Michael's Taker 25, Michael's Jericho, No Mercy Ladders, Matt, Michael's Jer- It just keeps going on. You know, there's like over 20 that I could, you know, like, like matches that were fantastic that I forgot. You know, we're even um, we're even around like sh- the match with Shelton Benjamin. We all remember that the clip, but the match itself is is really great. I mean, he had a match against Rey Mysterio at the Eddie Guerrero tribute show. That was fantastic. Uh, I also say I listened to Wrestling for My Life, the book on tape uh, when I was in a dark place in my life. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I got something for it from it. You know, I don't know if I'm a I don't, I don't really I'm not I'm, a, I'm not orthodox in any of my religious beliefs, but I do think he's a better person than he used to be. Do I think he's like Jimmy Carter building houses? No, but I, I do think he's a genuinely better guy than he used to be. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's a legend, man. He's like, probably, he's, he's probably the best in ring ever. I, I don't know. Scott, what, what do you think? Uh, yeah. I think Shawn Michaels might be my favorite wrestler of all time maybe maybe uh i mean in ring definitely like no one got me excited for a match more than Shawn michaels and um kurt angle versus Shawn michaels at wrestlemania come on what was it 20 21 21 that was like my favorite match for the longest time for forever that was that was like my go-to and then it had um, like two amazing matches afterwards. Like yeah, they had an after Iron the Man and a yes. Backlash match. At, at, like I believe phenomenal. it was WrestleMania Backlash they had it at. <laughs> it, was, it was Vengeance 05, which was highlighted by uh, Triple H and Batista in a Hell in a Cell. You can always tell which periods of Mike's life were the most miserable by knowing like off-brand WWE pay-per-views in the month. Oh, you're damn right, man. I could tell you everything that was on Taboo Tuesday that year because no one loved me. (laughs) And I was in the writer's room for Taboo Tuesday and I barely remember it. So way to go, Mike. (laughs) Meet your demo, Robert. Chain match fucking ruled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't know anybody like you said who... I mean, there still hasn't been anybody as far as like a guaranteed great match on a WrestleMania. Like even now, I mean, and this WrestleMania had a lot of really great matches. There isn't one guy that I'm like, okay, well, this person is going to for sure steal the show. At least there's a Shawn Michaels match on this card and I'm going to enjoy this. I'd say the the closest is, you know, a guy that he trained, Daniel Bryan. But even, even then, it's not that level of just reliable quality that he had i mean he's an interesting guy because it's like he's kind of like steely dan where it's like musicians fucking love him like people who are really into music but the mainstream like they kind of know one or two songs like because he never he never crossed over i think that he's missing that like extra well it depends on what your crossover i mean is he on you know is he cena hogan rock or austin absolutely not but you know, he still drew money. People still came into buildings to watch Shawn Michaels wrestle. I was just saying he's one of the biggest guys within wrestling, but not many people know him outside of wrestling. Like, like when he dies, I think the reaction will be smaller than you think. Like when Macho Man died, that was like a big thing. When Hogan dies, that'll be a wonderful thing. Kids dancing in the streets. <laughs> you know, you it'll be like uh, it'll be like that footage that Fox used. Of like uh, the Muslim people in New Jersey after 
Yeah, like even what what Brett is to Canada, I don't think yeah. Sean is to anything. I think that he's a fantastic performer. Hey, uh, Mike, by the way, this is the bright side of the ring. Say, the, the bright side. The, the bright side over. is when Sean dies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't have any jokes about this, but I'm just saying that I think what I was trying to say positively is that he's a guy that when you pay attention to wrestling, you're really rewarded by it. That. He's that guy that you can explain to people who don't know what wrestling is, the nuances and reasons it's its own art form, because I think the guy really elevated it in this way. I mean, you compare him to, you know, Brett, they're always going to be linked. He is more entertaining. He is, you know, <laughs> Brett created the ladder match. Sean fucking made it pop. You know, he's the guy they could trust with the hell in the cell, all those things. And, um yeah i don't you think, think that's still gonna... the best hell in the cell ever have it the first one i think it's up there yeah it, it probably is i think it's better than the folding one which is it's mem- two memorable spots but i think it is a full match and a story that first one can't be beat yeah i mean yeah i think we've missed him more than we've missed most other wrestlers in that you're right there hasn't been that guy that you're guaranteed and i think he had the best second act of any wrestler ever i started watching again when he came back and what a, that's an incredible, it's an eight year run and like his worst mania matches with Vince and it's entertaining in its own right. But it's oh like, yeah, he did the suck it off the ladder. And that was, yeah. you got to remember at the time, Sean was not doing the suck it yet. Yeah. And when he pulled that one out, that was huge, man. Yeah. So it was like, it's banger after banger after banger. And you know, the, the undertaker stuff, like even the rumble, leading into that match two years later was incredible. Like the guy just, you know, know, Jericho said it on his podcast, using the most of your time. I think, you know, Michaels knew how to do that. I think Shawn Michaels reputation in wrestling is he was the first wrestler to truly understand the importance of moments and making them count. Uh, He's going to be an unsung hero, even though he's probably all of our tops, when we do the show in a couple of weeks on Patreon, I'm sure Shawn Michaels is going to be talked about, wink, wink. Um, but you, there's only certain things you just have to mention and you instantly remember it. Him throwing Marty through the barbershop window was an iconic moment. Uh, the creation of DX was Shawn Michaels and it was edgier and it was harder. He created the Attitude Era. Vince has said that Shawn's promo where he was being a dick was attitudinal and that was the real launch of the Attitude Era. He made Steve Austin in that WrestleMania match, even when it wasn't great. His match with Chris Jericho is probably one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. The I love you super kick to Ric Flair is something that any wrestling fan can immediately remember. He basically invented the skin the cat move in the Royal Rumble, which has now become so repetitive, but it was Sean. They trusted him with the Hell in a Cell. They trusted him with the Elimination Chamber. He's also the guy that broke kayfabe and made wrestling cool with the curtain call. He was the guy that was like, I'm going to acknowledge there's another company and my friends are there and I'm kind of a dick. And he overcame all this and yet backed it up in the ring by having probably the best baby face and the best heel matches that the WWE ever had. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing like he's, uh, you know, he's he's going to go. Shawn Michaels is the only wrestler that has made me, first off, sound lamer than any other wrestling fan because my friend. My friend said to Shawn Michaels, oh, you like Shawn Michaels? Yeah, I always thought that guy was kind of like girly. And I'm like, well, you're ignorant. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the like I was a jazz fan or something. It was funny when I when I was in high school, there was this this girl in my English class that was obsessed with him, like was in love with him. And I wasn't even watching wrestling at the time, but he did attract, you know, that part of the audience, you know, like this genuine good looking dude. His his voice, I know it's bright tethering, his voice is terrible when you really like look at the face and the voice. But like No, it's not that bad. Come it's on. It's pretty deep, dude. Um it's it's pretty he's like he's like not only is he attractive, he has the voice of uh, of a full man. I'm like what? <laughs> It's so deep. Like, what's the issue? I'm confused. Yeah, I don't under. Yeah, I I understand that Michael's promos, like his generic white me baby piece promos, suck. But his like legend promos, old. I like his promos later on. You know, like let's forget about the JBL program. That was terrible. But yeah. uh, and his program and his promos as DX as heel were really good. I thought. I thought he was a really good promo. Besides, that, he just wasn't a really good white meat baby face promo. He wasn't a great baby face promo. The 2005 Montreal promo is an all timer. It's an all timer, man. Yeah. Were that, you were you there at the time, Robert, or you were on SmackDown? Or um, I'm, I'm trying to remember when that was in 05, but I feel it like was I like was SummerSlam. That was post SummerSlam. Yes, the post SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, I, I I will disagree, Dan. He was a great white meat baby face, but it wasn't until his later run. Yeah, but then oh, for the, me, I just I, oh, you know, that, the original kind of run, yes, like... the Super Sock Jose Lothario stuff was kind of, eh, but that's because the audience didn't fully connect because Sean was a dick in real life, and the crowd kind of knows that. It's why Roman Reigns didn't work as a baby face when he was trying to be pure white meat baby face because the fans knew there's an edge to this guy. Um, and his, you know, grating voice is why Seth Rollins never got over as a baby face. Um, I think if you split Sean up into a bunch of different wrestlers, you see pieces of it in a lot of the, the, the members of the roster right now. But he was the complete package, despite not being, you know, six, four and and Jack to the gills. He's the only his match with Taker at 25 was the only one I made an ex-girlfriend watch. Now I make my wife watch a bunch of it. Uh, and I don't know how she's still with me. But she broke up with me like a month later. It didn't really, well, it didn't really help my cause. Zach, are you a uh, Shawn Michaels fan? Uh, Shawn Michaels is my personal in-ring favorite of all time. Boom, there we go. Well, you can't really, uh, you know, this is going to be really hard. This is going to be so much harder later we do this. Like when we get to like, when we get to like the berserker or something. And we're like. (laughs) I'll carry that one. Don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) This was actually hard to write for because I, I I didn't know what like you're attacking like a person that you've been told no longer exists. Like Sean did a really good job of that. You know, like yeah. making right, but that was bright again, side of the like I know I didn't kill nobody. Like you're yeah, just but Scott, literally our, our bright side of the uh, the ring last week was for Hulk Hogan, who doesn't exist. Like we all had to channel like how we felt about him as a kid to now see as an adult, like, oh, he's a monster. Like Shawn yeah. Michaels was so easy to hate and Yet you can separate who that guy was before the back injury and then after so easily as a character and a person. Oh, yeah, and- I think he's the best. I, I I literally mean like in terms of it was hard for me to write, write roast jokes because I don't hate him. I like him a lot. Even like when you hear the things he did, you go like you look back and you go like, 
I don't know. Fuck everybody. Like I really, is a mother- <laughs> I'm hearing half these stories. And then dude, I, I listened to a 45 minute thing and it was just people complimenting him. And it's like Sid being like, nobody ever worked with me better than Sean. He was super nice to me. Brett was an asshole. We would do triple threats. Sean would help me out. And it's like, you're hearing these stories of Sean being a good person. And then when Sean goes, Oh, this guy doesn't deserve a push. You look back at it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that guy's a fat moron. He didn't deserve a push. Half the time. <laughs> Rest in peace, Vader. <laughs> His name was Bam Bam Bigelow, and you put some fucking respect on it. The, the, the Vader, that that Vader spot when Vader fucks up in the ring, it's like one of the funniest. Oh, Cold blooded, man. But Scott, that's kind of how it is. Like at least for what I've found was. I thought that Brett was going to be the good guy and Sean was going to be the bad guy. Brett was an asshole and Sean was the nicest guy I worked with in the same way when Lita, you know, broke up with, with Matt Hardy. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to hate edge and love Matt Hardy. And it turns out edge, super nice guy, Matt Hardy, huge asshole. Crazy. Well, yeah, because I think a part of it is they become heroes in their own minds and they just become, or maybe some of them already were, but like, there's like an insufferability. I mean, you know, I think we should get into the roast, but yeah, Sean has definitely aged better than Brett for sure. And anyway. physically, because both of them are in pieces. <laughs> All right, well, let's 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 get to the roast. Uh, yeah. Hey, do you want to do reverse order, Hogan? Mike, do you want to start this week? Yeah, I'll start. Okay, great. Okay, uh, Sean Michaels, a guy who is known for being a piece of shit that redeemed himself by not being as big a piece of shit as other wrestlers. Sure, he politicked to get Shane Douglas and Hakushi fired, but it's not like he spent a weekend murdering his family. (laughs) If you're going to be an asshole, you should do it the Shawn Michaels way. A lot of the wrong shit he did just makes the guy he did it to look stupid. He said he was going to lose to me in Montreal, but then he lied. (laughs) How crazy if he just turns into a Brett roast. (laughs) They were roasting HBK, a man who has given many people HPV. And when they confront him about it, he says, I'm sorry, I love you. (laughs) At WrestleMania, he got to walk down the ring with Pamela Anderson and a real clash of the Hepatitans. (laughs) Sean's dick has been in more female wrestlers' mouths than Britt Baker's hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back in his prime, women would go on down on him faster than the ticket sales when he was champion. Sean <laughs> uh, was on top of the company during his absolute worst times. He really was Mr. WrestleMania that's held in an arena yet again because we can't fill a stadium. Sean <laughs> wasn't getting over enough on his own, so they put him with a seven-foot giant who couldn't talk. Glad they never did that trick again, let alone (laughs) twice on the same show. (laughs) Don wasn't the best on the mic. His promos always trailed off like they were one of his eyes. (laughs) He's always been athletic. In high school, he was on the football team and would annoy all the other players when he'd do nine unnecessary backflips after one tackle. Uh, What an illustrious career, going from getting jumped by six Marines to being in the Marine Six. John Michaels injured his back when he was thrown into a casket. Someone who surprisingly hasn't been thrown into a casket yet, Marty Gennetti. <laughs> they were great partners with very different lives. A lot has changed for Sean once he found God, and a lot has changed for Marty once he found his daughter's clitoris. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> no, Michael's uh, not his own hunting show because the only thing manlier than fighting in scripted matches is taking on a baby deer with an assault rifle. <laughs> he became a born-again Christian because finding God is easier than just apologizing to your wife for cheating on her. 
Like Jesus Christ, he had a great second act. And just like Jesus, he never should have returned again after it. And yet there he was in Saudi Arabia in a match that <laughs> felt like it lasted 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> His return match at Crown Jewel was the most brutal thing to happen in Saudi Arabia in the fall of 2018. Yeah, Khashoggi was killed a month before, but at least he was smart enough not to try to do any moves off the top rope that he couldn't anymore. <laughs> He inspired the Young Bucks move set and Nick Jackson's hairline. It's very clear the only time he ever went to the barber shop was to throw Janetti through a window. <laughs> you know you're insecure when your theme song starts with the line, I think I'm cute. I don't know, are you, Sean? <laughs> you know, he lost his smile because Hunter forgot to use lube that night. Oh. Him and Triple H could have a movie about their gay romance. Curtain, call me by your name. <laughs> they were called Degeneration X, but they really should have been called the West Hollywood Blondes. <laughs> you know, finally, uh, Triple H invited him to be a part of Evolution, but Sean doesn't believe in it. And if you're not down with that, he's got two words for you <laughs> abortion's wrong. <laughs> that was great. Thanks, Mike. Oh. Oh, all right. Now we're up. Uh, it's Scott, Scott, you next, buddy. I, oh, boy. Okay. In Ric Flair's final match, Shawn Michaels said, I'm sorry, I love you, which was an homage to the notes Rick would leave in his kids' piggy banks. <laughs> <laughs> to Charlotte, I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> Here's a Werther's original. <laughs> Shawn Michaels has buried so much talent, his bad back is from a literal coffin. <laughs> Shawn's buried more wrestling talent than a funeral home in Calgary. <laughs> oh my god sean's been jumped in more bar parking lots than jake roberts ford pinto <laughs> jumped that's how you jump a car you guys don't know how to fucking fix a tire you three dweebs <laughs> on air sean accused brett hart of cheating on his wife Brett then publicly accused Sean of cheating in a wrestling match. <laughs> Sean Michaels is the best to ever do it. And by it, I mean Sonny's vagina. <laughs> All right, here's the typical. Sean Michaels slept with Sonny behind Chris Candido's back, much like Benoit slept with Nancy behind Kevin Sullivan's back. The difference? Sean never loved Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> seriously what's the difference hbk slept with sunny behind chris candido's back and then ghosted her chris benoit slept with nancy behind kevin sullivan's back and then ghosted her <laughs> <laughs> so double standards guys it's a canadian bias uh sean michaels is a hunter of deers Marty Janetti is a gatherer of cans. Sean <laughs> <laughs> was known to steal. Sean <laughs> was known to steal shows, which coincidentally is how Marty watched WrestleMania this year. <laughs> uh, in 1996, Sean took part in the infamous curtain call. Not to be confused with the 1983 curtain call where Jimmy Snuka called Vince while peeking out of his living room blinds. <laughs> They're after me, brother. Sean <laughs> uh, would wear assless chaps to the ring while showing no ass. Cock eye, more like cock tease. <laughs> 
If the Heartbreak Kid isn't gay, then why is he so hot? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really, uh, the, uh, these other ones, I'm going to throw them at you, but it's like Sean lost his smile, then his hair, then an eye. Are you Mr. <laughs> WrestleMania or Mr. Potato Head? <laughs> that's for the kids. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love that. That was your best one. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, uh, sweet chin music is what Hulk Hogan calls K-pop. Sean <laughs> uh, was this is the last one. Sean was the first person I ever saw do a kip up. Uh, kip up is what Joey Janela texts Penelope Port Ford at two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stumbling ass. That's my time, baby. Oh man. <laughs> <sighs> Robert, you're such an AEW mark. You had to end on a Janella joke. <laughs> they were unorganized. Uh, that's all right. <clears throat> Shawn Michaels started his career looking like Ricky Morton and ended it looking like Skinner. <laughs> he united the country by being the only man to wear assless chaps and camo. Shawn <laughs> posed for Playgirl, but thanks to strategic placement of the title, didn't have to show that his eye isn't the only thing crooked. Shawn <laughs> Michaels was famously hospitalized when a group of Marines forgot his safe word. <laughs> the heartbreak kid lost his smile because he didn't want to do a job, but was welcomed back with open arms. Roman Reigns took time off because of leukemia and was almost erased from history. Shawn <laughs> <laughs> Michaels was called Mr. Re- Mr. WrestleMania, while his tag partner, Marty Jannetty, was nicknamed Mr. Guilty as Charged. <laughs> Shawn Michaels has buried more wrestlers than opioids. <laughs> Shawn Michaels had an outdoor show, Macmillan River Adventures, though the episode where he hunted bears was a disappointment to Pat Patterson. Shawn <laughs> 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 Michaels screwed Bret Hart harder than he screwed Sonny. At least after he screwed Bret, it didn't burn when he peed. <laughs> Vince McMahon always said he saw part of himself in Sean, about five inches. <laughs> you know, Vince liked Sean more than Brett because Sean's zipline worked. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, man, Jesus. I, w- I had that joke and I was like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Pretty sure the Saudis luring Shawn Michaels out of retirement for that terrible tag match was their revenge for the Crusades. <laughs> the young buck stole Shawn Michaels' look, his super kick, and his fake devotion to Jesus. <laughs> it makes sense that Shawn is devoted to Jesus. Both had long hair, could cut a great promo, surrounded themselves with lackeys, and refused to lay down for anyone. <laughs> Not sure Sean needed the late life redemption because ruining the careers of Jeff Jarrett and Dean Douglas already guaranteed him a spot in heaven. <laughs> and finally, it's nice that Stephanie and Linda could bond over both being called Sean in bed. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, yeah, the rest of Sean just becomes like almost like evidence that all his opinions were right. <laughs> Yeah, it's an absolute defense. It's an absolute defense. It's so crazy. All right, I'll I'll finish this off. Shawn Michaels is a Christian in the same way Gangrel's a vampire. Uh, Shawn used to be hot, 
but now he looks like a singing possum that warns you before Splash Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) I heard Shawn Michaels' eyes crossed when he tried reading the house show attendance from his time on top. (laughs) Before HBK, Boy Toy was code for ring crew. (laughs) I'm not saying Shawn did a lot of drugs in the 90s, all I'm saying is that when he was out with X-Pac and someone said hi, Sean said, you can see him too? Uh, this, this, is just, uh, this is just a Michael Lawrence joke. He humped the Canadian flag to get heat, opposed to Virgil, who did it to stay warm. Uh, after years of fighting, Sean and Triple H found common ground and buried Kenny Dykstra underneath it. <laughs> Shawn Michaels has had the most charmed career ever. The only wrestler who was paid more to stay home was Draws. <laughs> uh, you may know Shawn Michaels from his hunting show, McMillian River Adventures, which sounds like the lamest ride in a Christian theme park. After we go on McMillian River, let's ride the haunted by her late-term abortion mansion. <laughs> <laughs> He starred as Grandmaster Yoga in Avengers Farce Wars. If you haven't seen it, imagine a browser scene, but with just dialogue. It's, <laughs> it's a film that answers the question, what happens when I lie about 9-11? <laughs> Although Sean and Marty had their differences, they both love taking bumps. Uh, he went heel by throwing Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window, which was shocking at the, at the time but it's now just how Marty pays for haircuts. I'll get a shave to suck your dick. Nope, I said it right. Uh, Shawn Michaels married Nitro Girls Whisper. I guess the title isn't the first thing Nash got a shot at. <laughs> and finally, a lot of people think that Shawn, a lot of people think that Shawn's worst burial took place in Montreal, but it was actually in New Brunswick. That's where you'll find the remains of Chris Candido. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, that was fun. Are we going to hell for that one, Zach? <laughs> I did. A, I took a lot of notes. It was amazing is that um, <laughs> that became the roast of Chris Candida. <laughs> <laughs> the poor motherfucker. Man, the guy never the guy, the guy, the guy just uh, poor guy. All right. All yeah, right. You know guys. I just want to quickly say it's always fun. Like you'll always find a, a, a topic that you, you struggle to write a joke about it, but it's just really interesting. And for me with Sean, I think it was on uh, an early something to wrestle with. Uh, Pritchard talked about how he had to fuck Sonny in front of the mirror so he could watch himself the whole yeah. time. <laughs> I didn't know how to write a joke about that, but that is just amazing to me. <laughs> Yeah, like the thing is, it's like you know, even like the ex, the sex points of like Sean, like aren't as crazy as other wrestlers. Like the same, like I was, I was like watching some video where Sonny was talking about like fucking Sean, and then right next to it was like a video about how Marty Jannetty and Virgil sh- shared the same girl for a weekend, and I was like, ugh, like that's that's way more tales of the crypt. When you imagine Sean like fucking Sonny, you're like, oh, this is fine. But when you imagine Brett fucking Sonny, you just imagine him going, so am I better than Sean? All right, guys, you want to talk about uh, WrestleMania 37? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, it had less action than Sonny, but yeah. 
Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's open the show. Uh, we opened the show. We we, we kind of took bets on, on what was going to open the show. We all kind of came to the consensus that it was going to be Drew McIntyre and that beautiful chest of his. What, what, if someone, what if someone guessed rain delay and forced uncomfortable promos for 30 minutes? <laughs> no, I, uh, I think it made the show better, that situation. That was, yeah, a not, highlight. Not that was my highlight of WrestleMania's of the last 37 years because from a production standpoint, uh, and I'm not going to confirm or deny that some of the people who participated in this confirmed after, but they were literally scrambling for who the fuck can we trust with a live microphone and do a non-scripted promo. And if you look at the roster, that's exactly well, who would have come up with, except for Braun. Let's, what, what, let's get to it. Uh, first, Vince opens the show, which I thought is hilarious. So he, Vince McMahon, got the first pop of the post-COVID era. Uh, though I will say this, my wife really thought it was cool. My wife was like, oh, this is uh, this is a really like interesting way to to open the show. So the casual fan liked it. It's weird that they, they open it the same way they do when someone important dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Rhea, I thought Rhea Ripley crying during American the Beautiful was was wonderful. Uh, then there was the then there was the rain delay. Uh, I, this was all kind of a, you know, Braun. Braun talked for a bit. New Day did a pretty good job, although I think Kofi is wearing ramen noodles now. That's his like gear. Uh, <laughs> Drew and Lashley, they did they did a fine job. It was like I kind of felt bad for Drew because if I always felt like the camera was just on him for like one second too much, and I, I just think that's the story of his like his promos in general. Um, and uh, Sasha, you know, was fine. Um, who 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 impressed you backstage and who? Who were you like? Let's get this camera off him, Mike. Owens. Owens. Uh, I mean, he's just one of the best guys that they have. I mean, this is a skill that anybody at the company should be able to have. But I don't even blame them for some of them not having it because they're just not taught. They're they're taught to do scripted promos. But you know, being able to fill the time. Oh, sorry. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, being able to fill the time is something they should all be able to do. And it's like five of them can, and Owens did it the best. Yeah, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, Owens was my uh, my absolute favorite. I honestly, I thought all of it was kind of fun. Um, I don't know. It just brought it more to life. It, re- it, it really did. And I was like, I mean, I guess... Th- there was also the part of me that was like, oh, this is going to get canceled uh, that I thought was hilarious. And so I was just like really enjoying all of it and not like hilarious, like, oh, screw this company. It's just like, you know, when something goes wrong, that is funny to an immature person. God, and- if nothing has canceled Vince in the first 75 years of his life, nothing is now. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I, I I thought it made for a cool moment and it didn't like make the show go too long. You know, the show ended at, at a proper time. Uh, yeah, I just thought it, I, I thought it was really good. And, and it was a Saturday and like UFC fights, like the ones that matter start at like 11. And so there was just like I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the time of it all. And again, this was nowhere near 11. What, what time did the show actually start? Like 830? 830. Yeah. So, I mean, this was like, this was nothing. But I, Zach, do I sound okay with this mic? Sorry. Sorry to interrupt, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. 
sorry, Dan's vanity interrupted our uh, our wrestling <laughs> discussion here. Uh, um, but uh, no, I thought I thought it was a blast. You know, it it was a nice little needle drop reminder of why unscripted promos are fun in very small doses. If you want to see why unscripted promos are not always fun, watch TNT on Wednesday night at eight o'clock. But uh, it was it was good. They put the right guys on there. Uh, um, it was smart of Paul Heyman to avoid anyone from production so they didn't make him have to cut a 20 minute promo. And uh, it was it was fun. I thought the other guy who really shone in this, not that he's going to come up later or anything, was Samoa Joe on commentary standing out there in the rain poncho, basically selling the absurdity of it in a in a really strong way. Well, so uh, I heard. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so everybody knows Samoa Joe got fired today. We record this on Thursday and we're uh, going to talk about it later. But yeah, I actually heard he got fired because uh, Vince asked him if he could do a rain dance to make it go away. And <laughs> he refused to. Oh, is that why? Oh, <laughs> I, I knew there was a reason. Terrible. All right. Well, let's get to the uh, let's actually get to the meat of the show. We open for, for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre faces champion Bobby Lashley with MVP in his corner. Uh, well, you know, I, I had I, I kind of hate to agree with uh, with Meltzer on this, but I kind of agree with Meltzer, like in the sense that, like, why would you have that finish if you were going to do a Drew McIntyre rematch at WrestleMania Backlash? Like he, he, he in my mind, he made he made Drew like legitimately tab. I thought Drew had a really good promo the next night, you know, fessing up to that, but it really just took any desire, you know, uh, for me to see this rematch. I thought the match itself was good. I thought that they were very hard hitting and, and uh, the crowd was, was into Drew and, you know, it just, uh, it just, the, the, the ending was kind of like a fart in church. What did you think of this, Mike? I wouldn't have opened with this if that's what you were going to do. I think that Cesaro, and uh Rollins should have opened. I it agree. was like a fun 10-minute match with a face going over with the spins that everybody could count and get into. I get the you know, I want to be the first person out there wrestling thing that I guess Drew had, but the distraction finish, like that's a raw thing, that's like a TV thing, and the way it was done was just poor. The way that MVP just is like, ah! <laughs> you know, like, I didn't even know what he was saying. Like, it just made Drew look like a, a doofus. Like, I'm not the biggest Drew fan as has been established on this show, but the booking did him no favors. I did feel kind of bad for him. This should have been later in the card. I, I think your first match back with fans, you shouldn't have a baby face lose. I think that was a stupid idea. And un unfortunately with WWE, you, you not only have to like, you, you have to adjust to the shitty way they cut the camera constantly and you have yeah. to adjust to like dumb technical decisions. So like the first, you always dislike the first match more than so many other matches. Cause you have to get used to like dog shit kind of like, like the fact that we're in a giant arena and the shots are so close. They're so up their ass every second. It's like, it's their nostrils, their shoulder. It's like there, there's, ne there's never, even when they walked out, it was so much close up. It's a, uh, none of it feels big and then you cut 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 and i just go well this sucks i saw robert you saw lance storm like yeah. stopped watching the show because it's too many cut it's so many cuts and yes. so that's what i was thinking the whole match uh and then the way it ended i was just like uh-oh that was the most bizarre 
booking decision that I've seen the WWE make in a long time, because on top of everything else, they put Drew into this shitty position a year ago of being the top babyface during the audience free era. And they had no idea how the crowd was going to respond to him. And the audience loved babyface Drew during this WrestleMania match. They were absolutely into him. They were cheering. They were excited. They were booing Lashley. And my concern was they were going to think Lashley was a cool heel. The audience was all on board. They were all in on Drew. And you put Drew in this main, in this main event it's opening everything match. Everything worked. It's like everything Vince did worked. <laughs> everything clicked. The MVP distraction that they, they didn't even catch, which is like I get on AEW for that shit all the time. WWE on a WrestleMania, that's inexcusable. MVP is like quasi distraction that made no sense that led to Drew basically getting choked out clean in the middle of the ring was like a fuck you for believing in this guy as a fan. You're going to have to spend all this time rehabilitating him for no reason for him to maybe potentially win the title. I honestly thought when I saw this finish, oh, they've either come to a deal with Brock or they somehow got Cena in and that's what's going to be on the Raw after Mania and that's why they changed plans. Otherwise, this made absolutely no sense whatsoever and and just did near reprehensible damage. Drew is basically Lex Luger at this point. This is Lex Express, Lex Luger. You believed in him. You thought he was going to overcome all the odds and he got choked out in the uh, in the middle of the ring. Well, you know, it, it's 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 uh, uh, and just jumping off what you said, it's a weird thing because if you, it was a real MMA match or a UFC match and somebody distracted the opponent and that person looked and the other guy knocked him out, people would be like, yeah, that's still fair. Yeah. So why why in professional wrestling would that not be fair? I think it just goes back to like, you know, Lashley has been good for ratings Vin, he's got the type of body that Vince loves. He's the type of package that Vince loves. I think it was really hard for him to take the title off. Him. I, I just didn't, you know, it's like, it, it's like, like taking, taking a title off Lashley for Vince is as hard as putting a title on Daniel Bryan. You know, like, <laughs> like he can't visually understand either thing. It took him uh, 16 years to give it to him. So <laughs> yeah. I think here in that crowd, Vince. I think here in that crowd, Vince realized he made the wrong decision because the audience bought into the bullshit he's been selling with Drew for the last year. I mean, to me, both guys feel kind of interchangeable in in the way that they wrestle and where they come from, um, with the TNA background and their you know late two thousands WWE history. That it's like. I don't think you really move the needle one way or the other, giving it to one or the other. So why not keep it on a guy? <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we have a tag team gauntlet match. And this, this was, I, I don't know. I mean, the big question I have about this match was this or the fiend match worse, Robert, what do you think? This was worse than the fiend match because it was longer. Um, it was, it was uncomfortable to watch at certain points that this is what they put on. Uh, WrestleMania, especially because they had that great four-way tag match on SmackDown with the with the Ziggler and Rude winning and, and the Mysterios and all that, which should have been in this spot. This should have been a lot shorter, and it literally should have been the Riot Squad against Natalia and Tamina, if that's what you needed to do. You don't need to give all these women a spot on the, on, on the show, especially when Billy Kay was not long for this world. I didn't need to see her out there. Uh, Mandy Rose outside of slipping on the ramp 
serve no purpose out there. Same thing with Lana and Naomi. It was, it was too short in some of these mini matches to really matter, but it was so long that it killed the crowd to a point where I was worried night one was going to suck. Thankfully, night one rebounded, but first you kill your audience by having Drew lose, and then you make them sit through this tag match where there really are only two viable teams. And then in the end, it's great news, guys. You're getting a second Tamina Snuka match at WrestleMania this year. <laughs> yeah, it's if, also, if this, I was like, go on, Scott. If this was 10 years ago, if they did have this match booked, it would have been moved to the pre-show the day before, and then it would have been moved off the show day of. And then they would have advertised it for Raw, and then they would have fired all the women on Tuesday. <laughs> Good old days. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> um, next up. I was going to say, it's oh, just sorry. that thing of like, you know, having your, your first match and then a distraction finish. And then this, it just felt like not only like TV, but not very good TV for a Mania show. And it's also, you know, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but like there are some incredible women and women's matches. This just feels antiquated. This feels like something you'd see 10 years ago. Next up, we've got Seth. Oh Rollins. wait, I do want to. I do want to say this though. Those two matches specifically, that kind of that ate up what the first like kind of hour. It, it to me, I just treated it like the pre-show, and uh, and it very much was that. Unfortunately, one of those pre-show matches was for the world title, <laughs> uh, but I did treat it like a pre-show, and I was fine yeah. with it. Well, the match that turned things around, I think we can all agree, we all really enjoyed this match. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Uh, I was I was so impressed by what these guys were able to do. I think this may be one of the most impressive things I've seen in wrestling. It wasn't my favorite match of the weekend, but to like take a rain delay and then to take uh, you know two matches that kind of kind of were flat and to turn. Uh, a, 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 an arena that can't be legally full around. I mean, it, pretty incredible for both. Both of them are become first round Hall of Famers for me because of the circumstances surrounding this match. Uh, and, and I thought it was a good match. What do you think of this, Scott? Uh, I don't think I think the circumstances benefit anybody who's worth a damn at all. Um, oh, you you mean like a, like like if it's a hot crowd comedy show and the first two people bomb. And yeah, third good. guy is the kill. It's the dream. It's yeah. awesome. Uh, and those guys know how to wrestle, so of course that would happen. Uh, yeah, this was maybe my favorite. No, it wasn't my favorite match of the weekend. Um, but it 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 was up there, and it was a huge moment, and it was the first moment. It was the moment that I went, ooh, WrestleMania, which was awesome. And I'm so glad uh, Cesaro won, and Seth Rollins was great too, yeah. And uh, hopefully this will be a new gimmick for Seth. Probably not. I love, I love this. Because this felt like your classic mid-card Mania match when you watch like a WrestleMania 3 or WrestleMania 6 where there's a story, there's like a logical payoff and conclusion. And, you know, people were invested in Cesaro. Yeah, and, and I, I want to say something because uh, I, I'm afraid I'm going to forget it later. But what Mike said, every match I loved on both nights – there was uh, like an 80s vibe. There was something about it that was like peak uh, what I assume you guys enjoyed about wrestling. There was something colorful about it. You and I thought this was it too. I was like, this is yeah. for the children. You know, it was And fun. that was my feeling watching this. It was simple. It's like sometimes we overthink wrestling. Sometimes it's just 
you're not going to spin me. Yes, I am. And then that's the match. And then when you deliver it, it's like, this is great. And yeah. it was Cesaro getting over as a baby face, Seth Rollins wrestling as a, a heel, but at least a really entertaining heel, as opposed to I'm going to cut a promo mid-match and then try to remove your eyeball. Like this was getting these guys in the, in the best way we want. And the announcers telling the story of these guys have known each other for a long time. And there's a reason why we care about it. It, it was, it's simple wrestling and it worked. Well, it's also because like the best mania shit like exists in a vacuum. Like the best mania matches you can just watch without context and you just get into the story that they're telling because of, I think, yeah, the word is simplicity. And this had that. Yes. Yeah, and how good is Seth Rollins that like you can hate a gimmick of his for a year and then one match you're like, okay, I totally would want to see this guy again in another setting. Um, next up, we have the Raw Tag Team titles, AJ Styles and Omos versus The New Day. My only note for this was this was exactly what it needed to be. What did you think of this, Robert? This was perfect. This was the absolute best way to debut almost. This is what, what I said in the when we did our prediction thing. I'm like, you need to book him like Kali, where guys are just flying off of him. And Kofi and Xavier made him look like a million bucks and almost looked capable in the ring. AJ jumped off of him, which is what Scott predicted. It was fun. It was a spectacle moment. And uh, I'm kind of excited to see what they do with it going forward. Yeah, I dug this. Yeah, this goes back to the thing we just said about like that 80s vibe. It's just there's a giant. He's going to kill people. Also, he was shit talking. You know, he was running his mouth, too. So, I mean, maybe they'll give him a mic soon. Uh, he's I don't a baby know. face. He's definitely a baby face. I mean, that was they booked awesome. like a baby face monster, you know, like they uh, and especially like. Like it's it's so fun, man, because you can tell Woods and Kofi want to go heel so bad. Like, cause like even like when they beat the Hurt Business for the tag titles, and they were like, "Oh, if we just beat your favorite team, Internet." Like they like kind of like like they did stuff that like people they're trying to be baby faces don't do, and uh, you could see it there, man. They sold it like they both sold almost like they were fucking Bobby the Brain Heenan, and he was Ultimate Warrior. Like they were trembling. Yeah, and awesome. they're the kind of guys who can immediately get over the next night. Like, it's no loss to them that they lost to this guy. Yeah, they're yeah. fine. And almost, this was, they put him in front of a live crowd, and the live crowd responded in a way of, holy shit, we want to see this guy, and we want to see what he does, which is amazing given all of the freakishly large people WWE has dragged out there, that that gimmick still works, and people still buy into that. Oh, and I, I quickly wanted to say the... The Mandy Rose thing, I just felt bad for her because it was negligent on their part not to clean up. Like, they made fun of, like, look, she sl slipped. It's like, it rained. <laughs> you guys yeah. should be responsible, and we yeah, should be absolutely. lucky that no one got more hurt than that. She handled it well, and, and I, I, to her credit, her response on social media was good. She liked a joke I made about it, so she had a sense of humor about what happened. Seth uh, Rollins just unblocked you on Twitter. That's the big. Seth Rollins unblocked me on Twitter. It's a weird week for wrestling. <laughs> I think it's because we went after Hogan. He like shat talk Hogan at the Hall of Fame or something. No, he All didn't. Right. He was like, he was always nice to me, but that doesn't mean he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, that's what shit talking is. Yeah, First, he didn't like me, but he found out Tyler Black was just the name. <laughs> I, I just imagine. I just imagine like. 
Robert and Seth on tandem bicycles while Seth's like, you've got a friend in me. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like Seth too. It's like Seth probably politically agrees with all of us more than a lot of wrestlers in that company. Yeah. But it's just the voice. (laughs) No, that's all it is. It's just the voice is annoying, you know? (laughs) And occasionally dating Nazis. That's also something. Oh uh... yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Maybe he shouldn't be calling out Hogan. Actually. I just remember that. (laughs) Well, do we want to, do we want to just talk about Hogan and Titus for a sec? Like uh, I was kind of I was gonna wait it all for the pirate outfits, but sure, yeah. Let's, let's wait. Uh, no, let's we can wait. We can oh, wait buddy. It. I kind of want to wait until. T- I also want to say, like, their forty minutes of scrambling was still better than whatever stage Jerry Waller's plastic surgery is in during those pre-shows. Because there are times <laughs> I was like, I was like seeing the fumes from the BP oil spill, like, bounce, <laughs> like bounce off his rosy cherubic cheeks. Uh, all right, Braun versus uh, Shane McMahon. This was painless for me. It was, uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't a match I particularly wanted to see, but it didn't ruin the show for me. What, what did you guys think of it, Scott? Uh, yeah, it was fine, man. I Braun doesn't do it for me. I don't know why, because he's huge. And, you know, I just saw almost in a match, and I'm like, oh, this is so great. I miss big guys. And then yeah. Braun shows up, and I'm like, oh, he's been around this whole time. Why do I miss big guys? And there's there's an obvious reason. Also, it's just Shane's not the person anybody should be fighting anymore. Robert I'm over it. Uh, he get ratings. I mean, what is going on with him? What what is he the did thing? When he first came back, but I, I don't know anymore. If because does. I think Vince enjoys watching bad things happening to Shane. Um, <laughs> this is like his once a year, like trying to convince him, like I bet you won't take on Braun. Yeah, I will for your love, Dad. Okay, and then he throws him <laughs> off the cage. It was everything we thought it was going to be. Braun was going to beat up Shane for a while. There was the outside interference. I predicted Dabakato. I was off by a night. Um, it got Elias <laughs> and Jackson Riker on there. Da- Shane's da- Dabakato's Lonely Hearts Club Band. <laughs> yes. he's dressed like, he was dressed like he's in fucking Sergeant Peppers. Yes, he looks like he's running for office in some like third world country. Yeah. Or, um, in can- or in Candyland. <laughs> he, he looks, like, he, he looks like he showed up in what I almost was wearing was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess I'll go to Goodwill in the giant section. Yes, I also enjoyed that uh, when they ripped the cage open and I said, I guess Kenny Omega built that. Um, people got mad at me on Twitter for bad mouthing Kenny Omega. Like, he really didn't oh build that God. exploding match. I'm like, you fucking people. Sorry, <laughs> I love I love you all. You're the best, but fuck you. Oh, shit. Robert thought... and AEW fans, man. Robert and AEW fans. They do not I'll mix. save it for later. I'll, I'll turn they're, it around. They're like, a, they're like a Mike Lawrence late set and a bachelorette party. You don't want those two things... <laughs> running into each other in the wild <laughs> sorry mike what were you saying uh, <laughs> i was saying that like um i thought that this was fun like it was simple but like we thought this was going to be the worst match on paper it was not it was not the worst match on the card that it wasn't even close to the worst match yeah when braun ripped open the cage was awesome it was stupid yeah. but it was awesome and then when he's like this is for everyone who's been called stupid and a whole arena in Tampa, Florida cheered. I fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. So did Kofi. That's <laughs> what I hate about it is, is this whole thing is Shane is calling him stupid. And then Braun talks so much during the match. He talks so much shit, but it's like, 
he sounds stupid. So you're just seeing like a stupid guy beat up a smart guy for calling him stupid. It's like, well, he's not wrong. I mean, he's wrong for saying it to your face, but he's not wrong. Scott, it's called keeping your heat, brother. He knew what he was getting into. Also, I think the biggest problem with Braun is he needs to stop wearing the shirt because he's he looks physically imposing, but instead he just looks like a tall guy in a, in a shirt and khakis. When he doesn't have the shirt on, whether it was the tank top or no shirt at all, he looks physically imposing. When he has the shirt on, especially during Raw, he just kind of looks stupid. Yeah, every time I see Braun in a shirt, I go, "What? What a weak pussy!" <laughs> like, uh, the monster is I could, oh, I could shirt. take that guy what in a, a shirt. Weird criticism is that? You know, well, you know what, guys? I'm gonna go pee. I'm just it's, excited they got rid of the fucking train noise. Braun, Braun in his shirt reminds me of the the guy in The Simpsons and the the tall guy in the the small car. <laughs> this is the only shirt that I could possibly afford. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, next up we have uh, probably the entrance of the night, and that's Bad Bunny's entrance after the Miz and Miz and Morrison do their uh, little hey hey ho ho. I, I I can't really say anything about this match that you know everybody else has said, which is Bad Bunny was was awesome in it uh, he exceeded everybody's expectations it, you know he, i mean if you I, I compare it to him and like steven armel right because that's like two guys who were you know in decent shape who were famous but aren't athletes and he blew that dude out of the water so uh yeah i mean i, I enjoyed this man i enjoyed the uh I enjoyed the match what did you think of this mike I love this, man. I mean, this was of any match that was bettered by the crowd. That crowd was there for this. This, like, I mean, you know, they love the main event also. Uh, but yeah, these last two matches, especially, but like this, there was a lot of bad bunny fans in the crowd. They went, I don't think anyone was more over than this dude. Like, and it, no, it, 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 it kind of got me into him. Um, I know I was like reading a lot of criticism about the fact that like, you know, Miz and Morrison should have sold for him. It's Miz and Morrison. Who gives a shit? You know, like Miz can get yeah. beat. It's fine. I thought that I did this rule. If there was one negative takeaway, yeah, Damian Priest could have been more over, but also maybe don't job him <laughs> on your first well, run. He, he also was hurt. He also is he's dealing with a back injury. So that's yeah. why his stuff didn't look. But I thought that Bunny, you know, the Canadian destroyer, all this like fun shit. This was just fun. Like, you know, what WWE does best is this spectacle and goofy shit and like just fucking fun and you know and, and in the next match emotion. But it's like this was like these last two matches are why I still like this company and why I support it. AEW can't do stuff like this. New Japan doesn't. No other company does at this level and at this height. So they do, I, they're really great at the variety show aspect. The rest, yeah, of the I thought they hit this out of the park. This couldn't have gone better. It was awesome, but I think if there is a detraction to it, and to Mike's point, the most over guy coming out of WrestleMania is a talent that's no longer part of the product. Um, Bad Bunny went out there as a non-athlete and was like, I'm going to deliver the best match that I possibly can. And it was spectacular. And he over and above achieved what he needed to do. It's just unfortunate that, all right, now he's gone. And Damian Priest is very much lesser than now that he's alone. Uh, Bad Bunny's entrance was awesome. I love that it, they paid it off in a storyline. 
that it was he's now taking this uh, this giant truck uh, to go on tour with him meeting up with Hunter in the middle of a road like that stupid little thing worked. Bad Bunny got all the press and publicity WWE could have wanted out of him. He awesome. cared. He loved it. Was it. Also he knocked trending it out of the park. today because the ticket man, like people, so many people were trying to buy tickets to his concert. The ticket master was like having glitches and shit. He was even having, even having yeah. the tickets like a couple days after Mania was smart. Like it all just yeah was brilliant. Like from that perspective, it was awesome. Whoever, I mean, the guys who prepared him, ironically enough, uh, Mike Lawrence's favorite, Adam Pierce. Is the guy who prime? It was him. Uh, this match. And him and Gulak were the two guys that trained Bad Bunny. Um, it's just, it, it's just unfortunate that Bad Bunny is now a huge wrestling star, and we're not gonna get to see him again. And I think the audience wants to see more of him, but you can't give him more because then it wouldn't be special. But uh, it, it gave a great moment for the crowd. So awesome. Here's here's a controversial question. Um, would you consider this a five star match? Because I would, in the sense that it over delivered what no, it was supposed to be. It's not a five star match. But it was on. the but but let me say, Dan, it was the best version of what it could have been, and the crowd was super into it. I think this was top three, if not number one, celebrity matches ever. I thought that this completely fulfilled its purpose. We're gonna see a lot of shitty versions of this afterwards, and remember how great this was. I'll use an analogy that Mike will, will understand. This was a fantastic movie, but a five-star match is your Oscar winner for best picture. This was like Avengers Endgame. It was incredibly satisfying. They nailed everything they needed to, but there's no way that movie is winning best picture at the Oscars. Um, that goes to a shitty indie or a Japanese eight-star match. But, well, but you know what? How was this not? Scott's uh, losing it right now. Well, Scott. Scott's on mute too, which makes it even more. How was this yeah, not? Wait, wait. How was this not wait. the return of the king of wrestling matches, where it made a bunch wait, of? Wait, Scott, wait, because wait. this was good. Sorry, <laughs> Scott. No, I was saying the whole time Robert was saying Avengers Endgame didn't deserve an Oscar. Mike was sitting there like, but but. It made the most people cry and made the most money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought this was really good, man. I, th- I thought it was fun. I thought it did what it was supposed to. I mean, it was, dude, that show felt like a Bad Bunny concert, though. Uh, and I think it kind of was. I think people want it. I think a lot of people bought tickets to go see Bad Bunny sing, a, sing one song. People are desperate to see Bad Bunny. And uh, I think that's, that's what we funny. got. But I also think that made WrestleMania better because I, I got I think... a question. I got a I got a big controversial question for you guys. I'll start with you, Scott. What? Who's a better worker, Bad Bunny or Marco Stunt? <laughs> oh, I mean, but Marco, no, Marco could do all those things besides yeah. pick oh up a guy. God. And I mean, with he, botches. Here's the other thing. I mean, Robert says, oh, my God. It's like, here's the thing. Bad Bunny was, like, good at, at um, a planned match. But, like, he also wasn't good. Like, he was. Like he was. But then when you watch, you're like, he's flailing. Like, he also sucks. Like, he is good because he's Bad Bunny and he's a pop star. Um, in terms of being a wrestler, he, he fucking stinks, guys. It, it was fun to enjoy it. It's like, but he's not good at anything. You're, no, you're at wrestling, no. I mean. He's Thanks, not. Scott Cornett. No, he's just not. I mean, like, to go, like, does he suck more than this professional wrestler? Yes, he does. He sucks more than all the wrestlers besides some of, some of the ladies because they hired him because of the person. Scott, you but- know why he's better than Marco Stunt? Because he's smart enough to keep his fucking shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, 
right, we got to get to the main event, folks. Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Title. I thought this was fantastic. This was my, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll do matches of the weekend, but this was my match of the weekend. Uh, what did you think about this, Scotty? Oh uh, yeah, I, I loved it so much, man. Uh, second favorite match of the weekend, I think. Yeah, I did this. This did a lot for me. And uh, again, the the thing of the '80s and the colorfulness and that spot where she held her over the head. Yeah. Uh, like just just so many cool moments. Sasha, so quick, so good. Uh, yeah, this ruled. Yeah. Um, I Mike? love this. Yeah, the the hair whip heard around the world and like the fucking bruise that she got afterwards that you saw Sasha take from that. I mean, this is, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring it up. The whole, you know, Cornette was shitting on this match. And, you know, in he a very admitted, sexist, he's like, because I'm sexist, <laughs> in a very sexist way, because he never <laughs> even said woman's. He said a girl's match. <laughs> this was awesome. The You know, the crowd fucking love this. I love this. You know, this was genuine. I think it's I think, look, wrestling does have a smaller audience now of hardcore fans that just will always love this stuff. So seeing somebody genuinely emote and cry and care about winning is fucking great. Like, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, I thought that this was just wonderfully done and her and her family. And this felt important. This felt like a main event. And, you know, you had your two heel male world champions go out on top. This is going to be the moment people remember as a feel-good moment. I think the one-two punch of, of Bad Bunny winning and then this was just, this made night one better than night two. And I, I thought there were good matches on night two and we'll talk about them, but I just felt good watching this. And it's like, ultimately, that's why we watch wrestling. I don't want to watch something that makes me feel shitty. This made me feel good and made me smile. So this was fantastic. This was a huge gamble for the WWE to do this. Because not only are you putting a women's match on the main event, you're putting it in front of a live crowd, and it doesn't have the cushion of, hey, we have Ronda Rousey, uh, who we know is a mainstream star, or hey, we have Becky Lynch, we know is insanely over. a program over. that wasn't that good. It, it was, was a program that was muddied at best. Bianca Belair is still very much a rookie in the eyes of most of the SmackDown uh, viewership. Sasha was not really a heel, not really a babyface. The majority of this build involved Reginald, and they still pulled off a match that was not a great women's match. It was a great wrestling match that the audience was completely receptive to. And it made that tag turmoil thing they did earlier that much worse when you're like, this is how wrestling can be great. And we showed you how it can be terrible. And the audience was all in. They weren't snarky. They were happy. It was a feel-good WrestleMania moment. And we all said after night one, like, holy shit, this was an incredible show in spite of the first two matches. Uh, next up, we have night two of WrestleMania. We have a Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil joint hosting, welcoming promo where they're both dressed as pirates. Sean O'Connor, who was on the old wrestling show, Total Level Marks, had a really funny tweet about it. He's like, I'm fine. If this is what canceled people have to do to get uncanceled, I think that's fair. Like, <laughs> you have to dress like a pirate 
and, and walk around like that's fine um yeah i mean it was it was wild dude hogan got booed he legit got booed i i was pretty i was pretty proud of florida for that honestly uh but uh yeah what, what did you think of this scott um okay so and i noticed this on night one too uh, that they had uh, that they had earphones plugged in Hogan and Titus. Do you think Titus got yelled at or something? Because he went from being very happy to clearly worried. He started sweating. It looked like he was in his head, like he was thinking about something. Did you notice that? Because there was moments where Hogan was doing better than him. That's just your uh, racial bias, Scott. I nah. think that uh, <laughs> Titus was Titus was fine, and Titus had a great line when Hogan used the word "scallywags." He's like, "You can't call people that," and I was like, "That's yeah. a great little like moment there for Titus." I also love how yeah, what, genuinely, what, a, what a fun moment. I also love how genuinely scared <laughs> what Hogan a WrestleMania was. moment. Yes. What a fun oh, moment. Hogan, how, I loved how genuinely scared Hogan was that Titus had a sword. And he was like waving it around and a look of sheer terror. Like this is this is Hogan's nightmare. I mean, you know, you know what was like the one benefit of this because Hogan is just so antiquated and doesn't talk like a person, and it's just the whole thing is weird. But it's like this was a very future-forward WrestleMania in general, and seeing the past look like a fucking joke kind of helped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where you're like, you know what? I like wrestling now. Like I'm a person who's like, you know, the '80s, the '90s. Hogan was embarrassing on this thing. I'm like, you know it was what? really bad. Give me Bianca Bella. <laughs> Give me Roman Reigns. Just- it, his age almost works with it because you go, oh, that's the disconnect. It's it's the fact that he's old and, and kind of losing it and not the fact that this is how Hulk Hogan has always cut a promo. Right. I also had the very weird and very specific thought when he came out there dressed as a pirate that I, I grew up uh, as a kid. I loved the Ninja Turtles and they used to make weird variants of the action figures that made no sense. And this was like a 1980s Hulk Hogan as a pirate. And it looked yeah, so. Afraid. It looked like the Captain Morgan bottle, and I just felt so bad for him. And then realized, no, it's Hogan. Don't don't give in to those emotions. He's not a person. You better believe I had fucking Raphael as an astronaut. <laughs> oh, I had him as a green beret. <laughs> All right. Well, we open night two um, with Randy Orton versus uh, Bray Wyatt. Randy Orton trolled. Um, What's her face on the way? The Amanda crowd is on the way. <laughs> What's on her face? <laughs> I forgot what her name is. I'm sorry. I, I like Alexa her. Bliss. Mandy Rose. There we go. Not Alexa Bliss. No, Mandy Rose. Oh, yeah, Mandy she Rose, was yeah. coming in into the ring. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, it was just a garbage match. I, I will say, I thought the the Fiend's entrance was kind of cool. It reminded me of the weekend at the uh, Super Bowl. Oh, by the way, uh, I know I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, but we are definitely roasting the fiend next week. And for show and hell, we're gonna uh, we're gonna watch that video where all the guys from Nexus awkwardly whip Husky Harris in the locker room. It is very very uncomfortable. Uh, but this match was uh, very very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. It ended with Alexa Bliss leaking, uh, which w- would be paid off. Uh, the next night, uh, and by paid off, I mean it wasn't paid off at all. What did you think of this match, Robert? Uh, th- this match gave me my my best joke of the weekend, which was the picture of Alexa Bliss with the stuff coming out of her head. And I said, uh, is this what Hogan was worried would happen to Brooke? <laughs> um, but uh, this was a weird audible because it was not the original finish. 
Uh, they supposedly changed it over the course of the weekend that now it was going to be Randy Orton winning and being done with this bullshit. I, I don't know what Bray did to piss people off uh, backstage, but this was a total odd course correction as we're now going into a Bray Wyatt versus Alexa Bliss feud. And I think Orton is the happiest man in the world to be done with this shit. Yeah, he really was the biggest winner of WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, this was terrible, man. And, and once again, as an opener, like as the thing that gets the crowd excited, this was confusing. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't bad enough to be fun. It was just kind of like, oh, I guess that's it. You know, I, I think Alexa Bliss looked like how Vince McMahon thinks periods work. <laughs> <laughs> but this was just like, you know, I know that they want that. Like, because look, like this was the first mania in a long time without Taker. And without that kabuki spot of, you know, the crazy druids and all that. And you want something like that. The Fiend is not it. I'm going to give a formal apology to Mr. Scott Chaplin, who has been shitting on this gimmick since inception. You were right. I was wrong. Yes, I was right the this whole time. sucks. Like, it, it's just... Dude, this gimmick is going to get people killed, too. All right? Now you got... You got dissension between what everybody's two favorite uh, Alexa Bliss, and now she's gonna have a mask, and then she's gonna what wreak havoc on the women's division. It's gonna be very bad for the uh, psyche of uh, losers everywhere. Yes, her and Bray Wyatt is the feud between school shooters and pedophiles. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> and even as a story, it's like Randy set him on a good promo the next night. I would say that. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 this was brutal. This, I mean, it's like they they literally abandoned ship in front of us and in front of a ship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they straight up, it, it was like they showed us them giving up on an angle. And this is why the Fiends never worked is because they always give up. Yeah. Because it, it fucking stinks. This, this was so bad that I'm just like, hey, can we talk about Tamina and Natalia? Dude, and they picked the red lights again. You know we hate the red lights. The red lights. <laughs> you know we hate the red lights. Yes. It's like that Seinfeld episode with the Kenny Rogers Roasters in Kramer's apartment, but in an entire arena. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, it was a nightmare, yeah. Rough. All right, hey, up, and wait, wait, wait. Can we acknowledge, because this, this is some bullshit. It's like, I mean, the two top feuds of Raw are Randy Orton and The Fiend and, and – uh, uh, and Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, and they open both shows. And then you have the worst Raw of the of the definitely the worst Raw after a Mania ever. Oh, ever, ever, uh, ever. And, uh, whoever the, I mean, whoever, uh, who, whoever. Apparently, the new guy that they hired is lead commentator. He's he hasn't even been seen by Vince McMahon. So I wonder if Vince isn't. It just doesn't give a shit about the show anymore. I also heard he got in trouble. He got fired from like what ESPN, ESPN. or some some sports thing for for giving out info, right? <laughs> for like yeah. leaking to, which is like that's real. I mean, what can you leak with this? <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, all right. Next up, we have Natalia and Tamina versus Shayna and Nia Jax. My big takeaway from this is is Reginald okay? Like they put in so much. They put so much real, they gave Reginald so much real estate as a character for the last couple of months. And then he didn't even come out with the women's tag team champions the next night. Is he in trouble? I don't know what's going on. It's so weird because him and Pierce have probably been on screen more than any other performer. 
and mania is kind of like you know your timestamp that you you know you could watch mania and be like oh yeah that's what wrestling was like in 2021 you know 30 years from now and i feel bad that you know the next generation is going to forget these two wonderful performers <laughs> i i as for all the credit you you idiots gave to tampa for for booing hulk hogan they've turned tamina snooker into the biggest baby face in the world and that's going to be vince's one takeaway from this show is tamina is what the crowd wants and now we're going to get her and bianca main She's event she's not a good wrestler right no she's, no She's she's as good a wrestler as she is a promo. So yeah. she's absolutely terrible. I think the audience was just, you know what? You give us that fiend bullshit. This is what we're going to give you. We're going to make Tamina the new CM Punk. But listen, listen, Robert, her dad got away with murder, which makes her a baby face in Tampa. Didn't make Stephanie a baby face. So who knows? <laughs> Allegedly. All right. Next up, Kevin Owens versus Sammy Zayn. You know, I, I, I think I like this a lot less than other people. I mean, I love these guys so much, and this was, you know, one of the matches that I was really looking forward to. I, I just felt like they were kind of, like, rushing through their bits. Like, when you see a comic sometimes do, like, a 10-minute set, he'll do, he'll, he or she will do, like, like, a bunch of bangers in the row, but there won't be, like, much transition between the bangers. So it makes the whole set feel, like, a little bit organic. And yeah, I just was like, I wish they had just, you know, told a simple story, kind of what like Seth and Cesaro did instead of this, which, which just was like them trying to like use the breakneck moves of El Generico and Kevin Steen in, in a setting and in a feud that didn't really warrant that. Am I, am I being too harsh, Robert? No, you're, you're right on point. They gave Tamina Snuka 14 and a half minutes on WrestleMania and they gave Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn nine minutes and 20 seconds. And this felt like them saying, all right, if we're going to get less than 10 minutes, we're going to just do everything we can get out there in less than 10 minutes. And it felt like you were left wanting a hell of a lot more. Um, it, it was not bad by any stretch of the imagination. They delivered the post-match stuff with uh, Logan Paul, played really well with the audience. Everything paid off. It was you wanted an additional... 20 minutes with these guys and you didn't get it. And I think that's why we're upset. And it's so rare in wrestling where you're left wanting more out of anything that you're forced to sit through. Luckily we have WrestleMania backlash. Coming up. <laughs> what did you guys think of this match? You want to keep going? Yeah. yeah I thought it was too short. I, I, I did like what I saw, but it, it's one of those things where you get so excited. Oh my God, this could steal the show. And then, by the end of it, you go, well, at least they got a picture. At least they got a picture of them wrestling at WrestleMania with each other. And that's just kind of <laughs> where I stand on it. They have a cool photo now. And the, I like them as wrestlers. I don't know. That's it. The, the next three matches kind of felt interchangeable to me in some ways. Like, felt like like TV. Like, didn't, they just didn't have that mania feel. Like, yeah. even that mania result in a way it just there just wasn't anything that spectacular and it's like i think night one over delivered when we thought it wouldn't and night two under delivered everyone yeah. thought night two was going to be the better show and it's like they kind of coasted yeah i thought like you know both seamus and riddle and rhea versus oscar were just totally fine monday night raw matches i i you know, I, I wasn't really, you know, taken aback by either of them. Um, what did you guys, uh, what did you guys, I, I like, 
know, I like Matt Riddle a lot, and I you know I like Oscar and Rhea Ripley a lot. Uh, what did you think of these, Robert? I mean, Sheamus and Riddle was it was a weird decision because again, the crowd was really into Riddle, and they seemed destined to just try to kill this guy dead for being over. When the audience was into Bro. I get that they needed to put the title on Sheamus because the plan was never to give it to Riddle. Call fucking audible. Let Riddle have a feel-good moment. It wasn't going to take away, especially because you were following this up with the Nigerian drum match where you're already giving the fans a heel winning your mid-card title. Sheamus and Riddle beat the shit out of each other. They did the best they can, which we've seen on Raw and seen probably better on Raw. Uh, it was it was just there. The Nigerian drum match was just there because they didn't give us what we thought, which was going to be a bunch of guys playing drums in a circle and this really intense battle. Instead, it was they did that music instrument match with Jeff Hardy a couple months ago. They yeah. did the same thing and they gave him six minutes. And then Rhea Ripley and Asuka had a perfectly fine Raw match because we saw the exact same match on Raw the next night. It, yeah, that needed yeah. to be a cinematic match, the Apollo. And I, and I skipped over the Apollo Big E thing just because I forgot. So to creative, so you're fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like... It, but I think Mike's totally, right. The, all these matches kind of felt interchangeable. Yeah, the Nigerian drum match that had a kendo stick and a gong. You've never been to Nigeria. You don't know if that was authentic. <laughs> I looked up what a gong looks like in Nigeria, and that is not it. Um, this, I mean, like these next few matches, they all just kind of... Blurred together, but they were fine. The finish of Riddle and Sheamus ruled. It was awesome, that kick. Um, but it just, this just wasn't mania. This just wasn't the send the crowd home happy or big spectacle. And and uh, Ripley's entrance was horrible. <laughs> I really liked Ripley Asuka for some reason. Uh, but I think that's because I don't watch Raw. So like I liked Riddle and they I, I did get raw vibes, obviously. I see what they advertise constantly, like in terms of how many times have Riddle and Seamus fought. And if never, I'm is that true? Because it feels like they fought a handful of times. They, and I they, just they, feel like they, they fought they a have. bunch, yeah. They fought a bunch. It's usually pretty stiff like this. The the only advantage was in this, it would yes, a Seamus move can look good because he's legitimately kicking you in the face because he's kind of reckless. Um, so it's gonna look cool. Uh, Rhea Ripley's entrance, they should have rehearsed in advance and realized Ooh. maybe we don't do this uh, with a lady screaming, this is my brutality for 11 minutes. Uh, <laughs> she got very mad at me on Twitter for pointing that out, by the way, which I, I would say I feel bad, but I just sit through that song. We call it even, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> is it, or is she, did she block you? No, she just put something snarky, and I'm like, you had a terrible performance on a on a live stage. Uh, well, you know, it, she's had a lot of great ones, but yes, that wasn't her finest hour. I don't know why I had to. The, the, cor the bad, choruses. This wasn't her Budokan Hall show. I don't fucking know. The, the verses sounded like slam poetry, where she was just kind of like talking. It was just the whole thing was a mess. And this this mania, if it did lack one thing, it I mean. Bad Bunny got the best fucking entrance by far on the truck. I wanted more big budget entrances. Like, that's, you know, do we not have anyone as self-indulgent as Triple H anymore? You know what? I think, <laughs> I Mike, so. they realized that just having a live crowd there was going to make the entrances special. That you were going to hear people cheering through masks and like, all right, that'll be enough. And it was not. Well, uh, do you think anything well, has to do with the uh, with the weather? No, if they if they spent money on shit, they would have they would have used it. 
Well, the last one they did in Tampa, like a, a guy got like electrocuted, right? I mean, it was in Orlando. Yeah. Fireworks Orlando. got shot into the crowd. Hey, Jesus what Christ. do you guys think of this? When when a heel comes out um, and it's just all of the pyro in the world. I mean, isn't that just an instant pop no matter what? Yeah. Like nobody's booing during fireworks. I think it's impossible. I think it works for a certain type of heel. Like it works for a Roman where like I'm the top fucking guy kind of thing. But in general, yeah, it's weird. It's also, I, I want to mention this. Lots of motherfuckers didn't have masks this weekend. And I've seen a few people test positive. Um, you know, we're still in the pandemic. Guys. Shut up, Mike. Edit that, Zach. Edit yeah. that out. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, our triple threat uh, main event. Edge, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns uh, retains a pretty good match. I, I kind of wish they had pulled something else out of their hat rather than Jey Uso. But, uh, you know, it was it still was was a totally, totally decent main event. Uh, what did you guys think of this? Oh, man, I loved this. I thought this was yeah. so much fun. This was like, at, at the very least, okay, so if, if the main event of night one was, oh, this is the future and this is great and I love it. Night two was like, oh, these are established guys and they're awesome and I love it. I thought the three of them like looked like stars, like stars. Well, they did look great. I, I guess I just, I don't know. I just wanted something a little bit new and I don't know. I, and I thought the ending was, it, it plays along with every Roman match. It's like a soap nothing, opera, which yeah, I like. No, there's and that nothing was wrong super. about the ending. There's nothing yeah. wrong about it. I just, I, I, I think I just the Jey Uso of it would be less annoying if they didn't do the MVP thing where you have these two dominant heels with their meddling sidekick kind of thing. And I mean, it's just the repetition. I mean, it's like, what is this, AEW? You know, it's like, uh, like on, almost guys. was great, but then you don't also need, you know, Dabo Kato or whatever. It's like, one pick one <laughs> pick one giant giant I don't yeah know. I, or I, pick, I, one, I, pick one you know screwy finish kind of thing although the actual ending of this with him pinning both guys i thought was awesome that was uh, awesome and I, and I thought all three guys i mean the work that they all put into this program has been was fantastic you know yeah a yeah great main event program and it was another surprise though that the crowd was really into edge uh it was a bunch of zacks they they didn't yeah. they were like 50-50 on Brian at best. There were yes and no chance for him, but they loved Edge. So maybe, you know, as weird as it sounds, Vince may have made the wrong decision to not keep this as a one-on-one match because the audience would have bought Edge as the main event babyface. Um, but I love the fact that the finish plays into Roman wins again. Even though he didn't cheat, it feels like he cheated. Triple threat matches, there are no disqualifications. Jey Uso interfering, them using chairs. It's the same way he won at the Rumble with a, a quasi-fluke against Kevin Owens. He beat Daniel Bryan twice in a way that was controversial, but technically he didn't lose. There was no way they were taking the title off of Roman Reigns. He's infinitely more valuable to them as champion than anybody else. And I honestly think coming out of this, uh, Cesaro's babyface performance, I think he's the next guy that Roman kills. For sure. Yeah, I, I have a question. When when did they make this no DQ? I didn't know it was no DQ until all, all triple threat matches. All triple threat matches are no DQ. That's a thing that's always been. How do you yeah. have a disqualification? Then who wins? I mean, I don't know. Come on, Scott. You hit a guy with a chair, it's illegal. But then who wins? The guy who gets hit with the chair or the other guy who is completely innocent? <laughs> this is the law, Scott. Oh, that's interesting. This is, this is and why that's I got always my law been degree. this situation. That's always been a thing. Yeah. 
Oh my god, god. I can't watch triple threat matches. Got big in ECW, <laughs> you know, three way dance and all that. So it was always like no DQ. I I thought this was great. I mean, I thought this is how you should end the night. You know, night one you had this big happy moment. Night two, it's like this was Infinity War, which is highly superior to Endgame, Robert. Um, I don't disagree. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, Thanos did the finger snap at the end. Like, who, how is he going to get stopped? Like, this was awesome. Um, I thought that Roman, yeah, looked like a star. This, you know, they've given Roman WrestleMania moments before and they've never felt like WrestleMania moments. He finally got his uh, this time. And because his character is much better. Well, his character isn't a mark. That's what's so great about it. You know, he's like, I don't care about these moments. This is what I have to do. You know, and it's like, all right, well, that's kind of the position he's been thrust upon, so it's it's legit. Mike, how many melt how many Scotty Meltzer bowling pins, flaming bowling pins would you give it out of five? The whole WrestleMania? Yes. Night one and two together. I'll go three and a half. Three and a half, Scott. Yeah. Three poem. Three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Robert at three and a half was a number that that popped into my mind too. Uh, I think all of us are on that Scotty Meltzer bandwagon. Uh, I could juggle three and a half flaming bowling pins and do well at corporate events. <laughs> oh, and what do you Robert think? Was, I'm going to go four. I'm a little bit, I'll go a little bit higher than you guys just because um, like when I, I was a little bit at, higher than you guys, yeah, I was a little <laughs> bit higher than you guys. That's true. Um, but when I look at back at when I look at back about like how many moments this had, you know, I, I thought it had more moments than last year's WrestleMania, and probably, you know, it was probably my favorite since '31. So, yeah, I thought uh, for four flaming Meltzer bowling pins, I'm gonna uh, best match, worst match uh, for me. I'm gonna do Bianca and Sasha, best match, worst match. I'm going to say the night two opener, Fiend and Randy Orton, but the gauntlet is right at its heels. Robert? Uh, yeah, I think best match was uh, Bianca Sasha. That was the one that delivered. Worst match for me was definitely the tag turmoil match just because of it could have been so much better than it was, and it was a train wreck that they, they should have known better to not do it. Scott? Uh, damn. Both nights had awesome main events. Um so I want to say a tie, but I I can't. I'm going to say the triple threat match was my favorite of the weekend. And worst is Fiend uh, Orton, for sure. Mike. I'm going to go uh, Bianca, Sasha. It just had that big fight feel. It just made me feel good. Um, and worst, yeah, I got to go Orton Fiend. What a terrible way to start the show. I think if even if you put it fifth or, sit or fourth or something, it would have been more fine. But to open with it was a I would have put Riddle and Sheamus or something or, you know, Ripley and Asuka, but not that. Well, also, how funny that when it's cinematic, they they try to go all out. And then when it's not cinematic, they're like, giant wooden box. (laughs) (laughs) They wanted to make sure Cornette didn't shit on the whole show. (laughs) You know what I honestly would have done? I would have given Owens and Zayn 15 minutes because no matter what happens in the match, and, you know, they did need more time, they would have killed it more. But the Logan Paul getting stunned would have gotten a great fucking, all right, now I'm watching Mania. This is awesome pop. Yeah. Kudos to Logan Paul, by the way. He did a great job playing his role. Uh, some celeb- When a celebrity buys into the fact that I'm here because you think I'm a douchebag, 
and I'm going to act like a douchebag and then I'm going to get my ass kicked. Good for him. Uh, next up, uh, it's time to rebook Raw after Mania. If you guys haven't seen Monday Night Raw this past week, don't. It's uh, it mm. was the most uneventful Raw after Mania that I, that I have ever seen. I, I don't. I haven't met anyone who's disagreed with me yet. Although I am mostly alone with my dogs and wife. Well, I don't think we're rebooking Raw. I thought we said we're not doing that. Oh what? Oh, no, I do it we quickly. Were, Let's do it quickly. Do it, I mean, you could just do it real quickly. I thought it was in there. So, uh, so the, the the list got changed a lot this week, guys. Um, I'll just do mine really fast. Um, instead of having that whole Riddle Lashley thing, I feel like that the way to both. This is like this sounds like a crazy idea, but it's just it synergize like uh, both things that are going on in your company. Have Lashley tap up, tap out that super fan Vlad that they're doing a documentary about <laughs> over the summer. How fucking great would that be, man? Ultimate fucking heel. Um, also get those retribution guys into real suits. It's really uncomfortable that they still have, you know, the real sex fuck masks on when they're with Lashley. Um, a tiny thing I would have had Charlotte cut the promo after laying them out, not beforehand. So we saw it was coming the whole time. And can they find someone else besides the Viking Raiders? I mean, like, that's a fine surprise. I'm happy for those guys. But could you have done the Bellas and then have them attack Nia and Shayna or something? They've been hitting in a match. Anything that would have been, like, a big Raw after WrestleMania surprise. Uh, the, the Do you want the Bellas crisis. to be the surprise? Yeah. How Dude, bad did Raw saying... have to be for you to want the Bella Twins? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying get I'm... me a little hard if I'm going to sit there. <laughs> I'm just imagining... I'm just, I'm just imagining dancing in the Bella song. You can look, but maybe it's the girls from Total Divas. <laughs> I don't watch that, Dan. All right, Scott. What? Uh, how would you rebook Raw after Mania? It is very know? simple. A yeah. name change. It will be called from now on SmackDown Backlash. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, it's just, uh, it's just talking smack because I mean, that is that dude, if talking smack was a thing, we all genuinely paid attention to. It's so I mean, great, man. That's, that's like the best Friday. wrestling show, uh, out. Yeah. 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 The edge promo last Friday was like un- <laughs> unbelievable. Unreal. Robert. Uh, so the reason why I had suggested scrapping rebook raw after mania was because what I had laid out was, Lashley comes out there with MVP to start cutting the gloating promo. And then you have Samoa Joe just get sick of it, take off the headset, go in the ring and step up to him. And then you do Lashley and Joe. And I thought that was the way that they should have gone for the raw after mania. And I don't care if it would have been Lashley just choking out Joe right then and there, and he gets carted off. And that's how you write Joe off TV for a while. But I think that was a marquee match that they had just sitting there. And Joe just having endured month after month after month of listening to MVP on commentary and listening to Lashley talk shit and finally getting sick of it and stepping up to him was a really interesting story that I thought they were ultimately going to tell. And when they announced that they were changing the Raw announced team, I'm like, oh, they're definitely going to do this. And then they were like, nope, fuck you. We're going to just fire Samoa Joe. (laughs) Insane. Mike, how would you rebook Raw after media? My my biggest complaint, they should have it where they do NXT was at the Capitol Wrestling Center. Like, I just don't think you can go from fans to Thunderdome. 
like I think the Thunderdome should just be done. I don't like it. Like it kind of worked, but we really did see the energy of the fans and how much better it made the product over the weekend. And even if it's like 50 of them or a hundred of them, like it just was like kind of anticlimactic where it's like, you're right. Like if you had the Viking Raiders come out in front of the fans, I mean, it's like, let's be honest. The raw after WrestleMania is their night. That's who it's for. It's for the snarky motherfucking fans who come from England and all these other places and get to have fun. And without that, you're just stuck with bad programming. So you miss the beach balls? I do. (laughs) Because at least they're saying something. They're saying, hey, fucking make your product better. Have you been to a Raw for WrestleMania? Yeah, it was was one of the most fun I ever had at a wrestling event. Yeah, I had a blast, man. Live and, like, for some reason, live, it is genuinely one of the most fun nights that you're going to have as a wrestling fan because you're surrounded by people from all over the world who are diehard fans. They just watch Mania, but you're packed into an arena and they're just, they're having a good time. I was at the one in Miami when Brock came back and the audience was rabid. And it was one of the most fun experiences I had sitting in an audience for a wrestling show. This Raw after WrestleMania, they were like, oh good, we have Charlotte coming back and she has a new nose. So that's the big reveal. And we have the Viking (laughs) Raiders back. And then we're putting Retribution with the Hurt Business. And I disagree with you, Dan. I want them out there next week in tailored suits, but still wearing the masks. <laughs> or like, uh, or the masks are made out of the same fabrics as their suits, so it matches. <laughs> um, Welcome back, right. fashionista Dan St. Germain. He yeah, hasn't been I'm here back, in a while. Baby. Uh, next up, Dynamite or NXT. We will go into detail about this on Saturday. But I wanted to give uh, everybody, I wanted to at least let our audience know which show we preferred. And for one reason, for me, uh, I'm going to say AEW because I had written Kushida winning the Cruiserweight title is going to make NXT hard to beat for me. But then they had that amazing Death Triangle Young Bucks. Well, at least like two thirds of the Death Triangle versus the Young Bucks opening match. Uh, I just thought it was really just a fantastic match, and uh, that's one of many reasons to watch Dynamite this week. Scott? Yeah, I thought AEW was better, but I liked both shows, and it was really nice seeing them on separate nights. There was no no stress, yeah. This is fun. Um, I'm going to go AEW. Fucking Cargill's a star. Like, she looks awesome. She's fun to watch, and uh, yeah, that opening tag ruled and i love that mike tyson got to do to cash wheeler what cash wheeler did to that guy who attacked brett (laughs) circle of life (laughs) robert i I thought dynamite did everything right they ever possibly could have done in one show they were clearly trying uh it was a blast to watch from top to bottom uh qt marshall looked amazing in his two and a half men cosplay outfit um Dear I, God, dude! And, and he's the half man. He's the half man, <laughs> dude. He looks like a he looks like a gigolo at a bowling alley. Yeah, damn it, Scott! I literally have the joke written that he's QT and a half man. But uh, <laughs> thanks, Anthony Agogo is a fucking star. I don't know how Vince missed out on him um, because he's a legit crossover guy. Uh, MJF and Tyson, I thought was a nice little interaction, and then NXT was not only was it kind of just there. Mike, I disagree with you. The 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 Capital Wrestling Center with fans ate Karrion Cross alive. He did not know how to cut a live promo in front of an audience 
And for a guy who I couldn't tell you what his character is anymore, he's spooky MMA guy who's got a hot girlfriend and a goth and he's faking it. Um, he kept like getting thrown off by eight people chanting at him like three or four times. And he also used the word belt. And I think there was an audible gasp when he called it a belt, like somebody went, <laughs> and I was like, yep, they're like, never let yeah. Karrion Cross speak again. And I think for that reason, it's dynamite yeah, all the way. We'll, we'll, we'll get into yeah. that. Um, now on to this week's edition of show in hell. Like I said, next week, if you want to prepare for a show in hell, uh, watch Husky Harris getting whipped by NX Nexus. Uh, and this was the, this was the iteration of Nexus that was led by CM Punk. This week's show in hell, the Kuwaiti talk show incident with Vader and the undertaker if you haven't seen it uh go out of your way to watch it it is it is true cringe tv uh if you basically you know the the interviewer asks them if it's if it's fake if it's a play uh the undertaker you know uh respectfully but uh expresses how offended he is by the question uh and then vader uh comes in grabs him by the lapel and said i'm gonna beat the shit out of you and beat before i beat the shit out of him tonight um my first question was you think protecting the business would hold up in court um <laughs> vader was like vader was uh also kind of a dick in the beginning of this but then this is where the story gets fascinating i did some more research on this vader has is saying that this was a work that like, you know, Vader is essentially one of those girls in North Korea who assassinated Kim Jong-un's brother. You know, like they didn't know it was a they didn't know it was a prank show. And, uh, you know, I didn't know whether or not I believe this of whether or not Vader because Vader has said, you know, even when Shawn Michaels flipped out on him, he goes, I'm professional. I'll never you know, I'll never, you know, turn it into a shoot in the ring. I'll never do that. And I think that the reason that he had that in his head um, was that and I know I look like I'm a Vader apologizer right now, but. You know, he had the he had the thing where, you know, he, you know, Stan Hansen, the eye came out and then the, you know, the 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 ear with Mick Foley. I mean, there's just so many different instances of, you know, the guy, you know, having like seeing real life violent shit happen in the ring. I, I don't think he would do it. But then my only other my contrary thought to that was he was, you know, essentially this caused wrestling to be banned for about 10 years in Kuwait. And that during the couple of weeks where Vader was in the hotel, you know, and, and uh, he was, you know, his, his, you know, extradition was being fought for. Um, he got drunk in public and he got like arrested at the hotel, which is like the craziest thing, you know, like I get it. Cause it's something I would fucking do as, a, as an alcoholic <laughs> in recovery, but like, what an insane thing to be like, to be accused of like beating, like, like almost killing a guy on live TV then to have that country hold you in jail and then you to be like, fuck it. I'm just going to break some of your other laws. Well, here, what a <laughs> psychopath. Uh, anyway, I, I've talked way too long. Robert, what do you think of this video? This is why nine 11 happened. Um, <laughs> oh, it, it was so great because taker was diplomat. And it was interesting because this is still prime spooky undertaker where he even has the teardrop painted on his face but he's clearly dressed as American badass taker. Cause this is just who he is. And it yeah, was he looks a, like he's delivering a eulogy at a biker funeral. There's a, <laughs> there's a part where they zoom in on him and you can hear the curb your enthusiasm theme song playing when he's just listening to this guy, cut him down. He's like, 
So this is all like bullshit, right? Uh, and <laughs> that guy's then, great, by for, the way. That guy oh, was kind of great. Yes, that guy is the Reginald of his era. And I kind of <laughs> want to take her to look back at him and be like, like, yes, it's as real as your Israeli peace accord. Um, <laughs> we believe you had nothing to do with terrorism. Um, and then they kind of, and then he starts re-asking the question in in Dude, that guy has like the craziest al bundy's boss mustache i've ever seen it is the most middle <laughs> mid 90s like married guy mustache this this kuwaiti dude it is like every like it, it looks like every midwest mustache i've ever seen but on a kuwaiti guy it was it was weird and then they start, they start going invaders like no 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 we're going back to this like kevin hart knocked up whereas yeah. like i don't know what you're saying but i know you're disrespecting me and I got to I got to really look like I'm protecting the business and Taker doesn't move, which is think, kind of impressive. I think he falls asleep. He's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> He's just done with it. Oh, man, these guys have such nightmare lives. What do you think about this, Mike? Um, I, uh, I, I thought the interviewer looked like, like, like a Saudi Arabian Neo deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> he did a little. And what, what was interesting was, Vader could teach QT how to look intimidating in a bowling shirt because it's so hilarious that Vader's just wearing like a fucking shirt and then the mask. And um, he's still terrifying looking. But I, I also I, I think I watched the same shoot video that you did where Vader explained this. And this is what's so funny about it. He's like, yeah, they told me to do that. The only person they didn't tell was the inter- interviewer. So the interviewer thought I was attacking him. I'm like, that's not how pranks work. <laughs> <laughs> but that is exactly what happened with the North Korean thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wild. And that apparently that he got, yeah, like he got held up and he couldn't get back because there was like a two week holiday there. So he was yeah, just stuck there. I, I mean, if there is a, Lost in translation with a fat guy that needs to be made. It's Vader in fucking Saudi Arabia for like, I'm sorry, Kuwait. My bad. I, I fucked that up. Uh, also, also imagine countries, being so, don't kill me. No, it's, it's, it's all right. The, the British cut those places up more than anybody. So it's like, <laughs> that's, you know, anybody with like a fucking modicum knowledge of history knows that that's not. Yeah, but this is awesome. And my, my favorite um, part was, how casual Vader was when he was like, you let him answer the question. You're going to ask me <laughs> and just, I mean, <laughs> Vader, it's like, Vader is a scary dude. Like there's a hospital wing of just jobbers that the guy crippled. Like, <laughs> there's no chance the two weeks he was there. He took that mask off once. No, <laughs> like he's just walking around. <laughs> oh man. What a, what that's a rough got? one folks. Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I've always uh, liked this video. I, I like when reporters you get love it scared. When wrestlers. Yeah, you love it when wrestlers. No, not even just comments. wrestlers, just in general. I love when a man scares a reporter. <laughs> like that guy. Who, who's the guy from Montana who body slammed the one reporter? Do you remember that? <laughs> no. That was fucking nuts, dude. Oh, oh no, God. please send, though. Oh my God! No, just YouTube. It's like you're you're being disrespectful. Like you know, like have you ever seen a guy who he kicks your ass and it sounds like he's about to cry? So he of has course. that thing where he's like, I'm and then you just hear the reporter go, "Fuck!" Like like where you get like Bane broke like broken in half. Anyway, I think that guy won election. That's our country's. In, uh, it's also it, you know it's really funny that like the interviewer is asking, "Is this fake?" When they're clearly there to sell tickets for it, <laughs> like that in itself, you know, like they'd be like, "Yeah, so do you uh, do you abuse the elephants before they come out to the circus?" 
<laughs> oh man. Um. Anybody else? No, it's no? just us, Dan. It's just us All here. Right. Did, did, did we get? Did we get the Kuwaiti guy to join? <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's been here the whole time. Did right, Rockmood Belzer decide he's going to join us? I think Next the problem time. was that you know Colonel Mustafa and General Adnan didn't come out to help. Next up, we have Grimix. This is where every week we decide which gimmick is the worst. Today's uh, contestants, Man Mountain Rock and Mantar. Um, look, man, when I came up with this, I think these may be the worst gimmicks ever. I- I'm going to say Mantar just because like, br- like bringing that bullhead through airports has got to be fucking awful. <laughs> like imagine bringing that fucking, that goddamn minotaur head on a spirit flight it i mean it must be just a absolute goddamn nightmare um man mountain rock was just super fucking lame he was just like a poor man's cactus jack um but i would love to see the shoot interview that he made backstage that apparently you know we'll never see the light of day but he's got all the video of like the click and everybody like taking somas and getting fucked up and shit. Really? I've like, never heard of yeah. this. Yeah. No, that's like, he's got like a, there's like an, unaf- it's like a, one of those lost tapes thing, but it's like the wrestling video. I want to see more than any other video. And what and else is apparently it. in it? Just them getting fucked up on the European tour. There's, oh, there's a two party. minute version of it that is online. And yeah, you could already see like, Oh, this is fucking interesting. Dude, <laughs> dude, there's a whole genre of, if you want to just, if you want to get my pay-per-view money, fuck, I don't want to see the fucking Jake Paul, Ben Askren fight. I want to see, get me a like honky tonk and a few of these guys drunk in a room and just yell out topics. See what happens. <laughs> There's a company called Kayfabe Commentaries that did that for 10 years, Dan. <laughs> That's their business model. Mike, yeah. uh, Mike, what do you think? I got to go. I, okay. Mantar is the worst gimmick. Um, I watched I watched matches with both these guys. Um, the Mantar match I watched was with a guy. The jobber's name was Walter Slow, and Vince was commentating, and he's like, "That's his real name, Walter Slow." <laughs> um, and Mantar did like the worst splash where it was. <laughs> oh, I remember that. You know, they run like towards the ropes, and then they jump on the guy. He just kind of fell on the dude. Oh, uh, it's a nightmare. He also, he also had. Uh, diabetes in real life so you know i feel bad for the hoof that he lost but uh <laughs> but i'm gonna i'm gonna say man mountain rock could have worked for two reasons i'm gonna defend man mountain rock you had van hammer in wcw um and he could really play the guitar max Payne. this was max Payne from wcw had like a great match with the nasty boys and cactus jack like the guy it, could it wasn't great it was it was good it was good yeah but the guy <laughs> but the guy could work and the guy could play which is more than i could say for elias i don't know if elias could actually play guitar oh I, yeah he's got an album yeah he's got a great album mike <laughs> i don't know if, yeah i don't know if it's great <laughs> but he's got an album he always like ends the song halfway through and man mountain rock was like fucking shredding um I thought it was like a fun, you know, opening match on a house show, make people happy thing that could have worked. The name just sucks and the tie dyedness of it sucks, but I thought it, it had the potential to be a good gimmick. Also a giant. I mean, really tall guy. Yeah. 
Mantar was a dude. yeah, Mantar was a stupid gimmick that felt like a rib, but then he had a match against Bret Hart, which is even weirder that Bret had that little power in the WWE at that time that they're like, all right, you're wrestling the bull man, and he's just like, All right, fine. Like there that's why Shawn Michaels is infinitely better than Bret, because Shawn never would have put up with this shit. But I'm more angry at Man Mountain Rock because had he not fucked up. I wanted that WWF guitar as a toy. That would have been the that would have been the holy grail of cool wrestling toys that they would have had that play your own guitar shaped like the WWF logo. And we were cheated of that partially because he wasn't a great wrestler and partially because he wasn't a great guy at hiding a camera. Here, here's the thing, Robert. We might like Sean better, but Brett is better because you know he got home and Julie was like are you cheating on me again? He's like, I'll show you I'm the best wrestler. Just give me 10 minutes with Mantar. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is really hard to say the name Mantar and not just throw a D in at the end. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope that that costume is somewhere in the archive. Dude, watching him try to get through the ropes with the fucking helmet. And then I love that they, they had Cornette manage him. (laughs) <laughs> yes now that's a great rib yes hey hazing uh, cornet by being that you're going to manage the guy who looks like he's part of the flintstones uh water buffalo uh group yeah the thing about mantar is like the only way mantar works is if like john candy is playing him in a dramatic movie to get an oscar <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only way like you can't you can never work as a like in wrestler. Greek mythology, minotaurs are already half man, half bull. So I don't know what a mantar is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mantar is just half man, half man. Uh, this guy's half, half, half ketchup, half ranch. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, folks. Uh, Jericho on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. I don't know if you guys got a chance to check it out uh i wanted to ask what did you think of the interview and who would make the worst wrestling podcast host mike this was your topic why don't you start us off jericho is the biggest mark for himself and i think it's part of why he is a great wrestler um but it was hilarious when he was like you know i never look back uh he has four autobiographies he has a new book coming out that is a list of every match he's ever had. <laughs> and it's like and it was weird. Um, can I just interrupt you for a second? Yeah. It was weird. Um, it was weird when they when he did that because he's like, you know, they say, you know, you'll never remember all your matches. Well, I proved him wrong. I can remember all the matches. I'm like, yeah, nobody was challenging you to remember yeah. all your matches, Chris. And what was what was interesting too was that you know, he was like, I headlined three Tokyo Dome shows. I think he only went last on on one of those three, if I'm not mistaken. And then also <laughs> um but also it's like you notice like the amount of times that he had to say uh and no one else will ever do this again. Like he has to believe that he's like the most important dude in wrestling. Like, but also, you know, he is a great wrestler. So uh, I agree with it. I actually agree with a lot of the things he said about himself, which I usually don't, but with, uh, with, with anyone who does that, but I, I do with Jericho, but he's, you know, it's like, I've read his first autobiographies, every story he told, he's told before, 
he at least has gotten better at adding more punchlines to them and making them clippier. But, um, you know, I think that in terms of the controversy of this, he mentioned AEW an appropriate amount, and he was very political and smart and not burying WWE. And, you know, Austin is a great podcast host who, you know, put him over and sold all the stories and sold all the moments. So, I mean, this was this was fun. Yeah. Do you just notice that Stone Cold gets really nervous around Jericho's drinking? <laughs> like the, almost every other time he's had somebody on with it's like taker it's like yeah hey, let's throw one back like this was the first time where i like you could really see jericho enjoying whatever the liquor was like more so than like most of the times it's just a show where it's like i'm a man i took a shot jericho was like oh yeah that's that's great like <laughs> you could hear like the gurgling of like that that just raw pavlovian like oh just my lips <laughs> well you know what i noticed more than any other episode of broken skull sessions there were a lot of cuts so i'm imagining it's just jericho <laughs> like throwing up and <laughs> kissing himself no, it wasn't that. It was. I had a great match with Shawn Michaels, but you know what's also great? COVID's a myth. <laughs> Dude, he like when he brings up his wife, he gets like so bummed for a second. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm married. All right, let's keep going." <laughs> yeah. my girlfriend, still married to her. Um, that's why he likes to tour a lot. But this also, was... he like remembers. He he makes a big deal out of knowing the thing you know about social studies in sixth grade, which is what a caste system is. It's like, that's like the first thing you remember in middle school. And he's like, yeah, come on. You know, I don't know if you know how a caste system works. I think he's just hedging his bets because he doesn't know what Tony Khan is. So he just wanted to kind of throw it out there. Like, I kind of, maybe just in case. Uh, this was, look, this was a huge home run for me because it was a reminder. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dying, I'm dying. It was a reminder of why I loved Chris Jericho growing up. Like, I was a huge Jericho fan for years. And I lost that over the last couple of years of his, his sporadic new Japan appearances and the AEW stuff and the craziness in the podcast going back and reliving this for me was amazing nostalgia in the, Oh yeah, this was one of the reasons why I stuck with wrestling for so long. And I was a huge Chris Jericho fan and it was separating Chris Jericho, the character from whatever mutant he has turned into. But for two hours back in the WWE uh, spotlight, he was Chris Jericho again. And it was like, I remember why I love this guy. And Dude, I, that I was awesome. so hard when he goes, uh, commits to it. Gramlings. Like he did the, <laughs> the, like the LA actor thing. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, what did you think of this? Uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, I don't think it's a good look for Steve Austin to be in better shape than him, but, uh, <laughs> but otherwise I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know. Which one hasn't wrestled in 18 years? <laughs> 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 but no yeah. i like jericho he's good stuff i mean yeah i wish he could have been more candid and even like it's so crazy get... how good steve is at it with um yeah he's the shit like being the best ever and then being like that good of an interviewer it's it's weird he was yeah. good, but you could tell he would get he was getting a little tense when they were talking about how great the rock was a couple times he's like yeah no he was he was pretty good uh <laughs> i don't know it was just, it was funny. A couple like every time they would bring up how amazing it was like, yeah, no, he's, he's a good guy. He's uh and uh, also they did the they they switched uh Austin was on Jericho's podcast, and even that was tame. They just talked about Austin's like some of his best matches. It wasn't even like a full-fledged shoot the shit, you know, let's go there. Well, I just don't think the guys all yeah, it's just there's not enough hours in the day for those guys. It's also, um, you know, the 
the pinnacle, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, of, of wrestling podcasts is always going to be the CM Punk on Colt Cabana in terms of like a shoot interview, telling everything, and, and people thinking that that's going to happen a lot or again. It's just not, I, I don't think it is. Like, and it wasn't going to happen here. Like, Jericho's fucking smart. You know, and like Jericho, like the one thing you could really take from this just as like a life lesson is like be your own advocate, be a mark for yourself. Because the fact that like the guy did whatever it took to get over, that he had no problem admitting, yeah, I took from this thing and that thing and that thing. Like he's just a fucking like he is. What do you think? What do you think would be the worst? Who do you think would be the worst wrestling podcast host, Mike? Shane McMahon, and the show would be called "Do You Love Me, Daddy." <laughs> That's funny because I had Braun Strowman. So. <laughs> Robert, who do you got? Vince. Uh, Vince would be kind of interesting, though. Uh, only, no, I, first just of all, to if, hear if him watch, try to put the microphone on. If you like, watch, God damn it, old Tuesday Night Titans, like I had to do. Vince, when he's trying to be a host and he thinks he's being humble, is so uncomfortable. But honest, Vince would just turn it would just be bullying whoever is on his show for like an hour and a half. And uh, <laughs> it would be it would be great. This just just Ron being like, and don't forget to call Casper and get these mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have actually a couple p- pitches. Uh, uh, late nights with Lanny, and it's just a podcast where Lanny Poffo tells you how to save your money from wrestling. Um, <laughs> I don't have Jericho, to Blue Chew because I suck my own dick. <laughs> Jericho and Dennis Miller doing an anti woke podcast would be terrible. Um, oh, and instead of Roads to the ta- Top, it's Roads to the Talk, where it's a Roads to the Top review show on Bravo, and it's like and it, and they force Sonny Kiss to do it for no money. He's got a host <laughs> just just because they're like, yeah, come on, you got to give us fucking street cred in the in the gay community. He's like, I just want to wrestle. I don't want to lose my job. Um, that would be pretty bad. All right, guys. Well, it wouldn't How about be, uh, a, it wouldn't a, be a show on Lifetime hosted by Joey Ryan. <laughs> a 10-part series on Terry Hart, Teddy Hart would be amazing. Like if True Crime draws, I know they did like one episode on Teddy Hart, but if they did a, like a 10-parter, I mean that would be great. If you listen to uh, in one then, episode 10 times, you basically get the flavor. He was doing really well <laughs> and then he was arrested. <laughs> yeah, Teddy uh, Hart could be a season of cereal. Oh hey guys, uh by the way, thank you so much for tagging us with pictures of him from the event. So uh it's like it's not like we're fucking more scared of our life for this Patreon episode with New Jag. All right. Um finally, guys, uh it was Black Wednesday last year. It's Black Thursday. Uh as of as of right now, so far, we have found out that Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce. Callisto, uh, Callisto, or Callisto, I forget how you pronounce it, Tucker, Mickey James, Chelsea Green, Wesley Blake, and Bo Dallas have all been released. People seem to be pretty shocked by the Samoa Joe, Samoa, Samoa Joe, the Samoa Joe one. Uh, I, I, you can add me to that list. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think was the. Do you think these were good moves, Mike, or do you think these moves. Um, are counterproductive. I mean, and you know that Vince isn't wishing Samoa Joe the best on his future endeavors because he thinks he's going to die soon from being too fat. <laughs> um, 
I thought that a lot of these made sense. I mean, look, it's like if you're not on Mania, if you're not a part of things uh, in a big way. I mean, the two ones, yeah, the Iconics, both of them, I thought they were still doing stuff with. Billy Kay was like a big focal point of the Rumble this year. Um, I mean, you know, know, her resume is up to date. What's that? <laughs> At least you know her resume is up to date. I'm just, yeah, that's true. I'm just surprised that uh, fucking, you know, you know, we we recorded this Thursday. It'll air tomorrow. I really hope the best for Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin because, you know, <laughs> yeah. like Tucker, man, it's like they split up a tag team. Dude, Vince doesn't give a fuck when he breaks no. up a group. It's like, look at, look at Anderson and Gallows, man. If he breaks up a group, he's like, all right, bye. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. Crazy, but yeah, I Mojo Rawley also while while we were recording got released. Oh wow! And then there's guys yeah, like you, you, you can know, lay Buddy that Murphy one. Ag- wants to get released, right? Yeah, he's saying he wants to rematch with Kenny Omega. Yeah, but then Alistair Black apparently they were filming promos for him this week, so he's coming back. Uh, yeah, I mean, also, can we just quickly say AEW has way too many fucking people like that? No. We can't look at all these people and be like, yeah, but you have to bring no. Joe in. You have to bring Joe in for a run, dude. You have yeah. to Joe Moxley. Yeah. The, the dumbest move Joe that they Omega. made was, yeah, the dumbest thing was releasing a lot of talented women, Chelsea Green and the Iconics. AEW will snap them up as soon as they can, and their women's division is infinitely better. I think those were the releases that surprised me because the tag division that the, that the WWE has for the women's side is kind of a joke and you could have easily reunited the Iconics and they would have been just fine to fill segments on Raw and SmackDown. I get a lot of the dead weight that they cut. Bo Dallas still makes no sense why they didn't put him with Bray as part of this fiend bullshit. The Samoa Joe one, my guess is they didn't medically clear him and his contract is too expensive to keep him on as a commentator, but I thought he was the best commentator they had. He added a level of authenticity to what he did. He was great during Mania. He's He's been one of the bright parts of Raw. He picked up that job really well. And if nothing else, you warehouse the guy. You keep him. You find something for him to do. Uh, the, the Joe one really, uh, really surprised me. And I guess the Mojo Raleigh thing is proof that Gronk is coming back next year to play. So uh, we don't need to <laughs> pretend to like his friend anymore. <laughs> Dude, man, yeah, I was. I'm, I'm shocked that they did the Joe thing because it's like you have, you have so many great dream matches with Joe and AEW. Just let him heal up and then do, you know, do the run that Christian is having now in AEW. Why would you wish that on Joe? It's already bad enough he got <laughs> fired. He doesn't have to go. Uh, no, wrestle. man, but I, I, they, like, there's still like at least ten matches that you'd want to see. Uh, oh yeah, Joe for somebody, right? Do you think he could still do it, or do you think it's like it? The uh, injuries are that bad. I guess it's all whether or not he can still perform in the ring, right? Say, you know, whenever Jr. is ready to call it quits, I'm just guessing him before Tony or Excalibur because it feels like he gives up every week. Um, I I think <laughs> like he was a great commentator. I thought he sounded the most like a human being out of anyone on uh raw or smackdown or even nxt so i think that in the short term he might have more legs as a wrestler but in the long term i thought it was really good also don't fire a guy after you just had him do commentary on mania uh like they get they pulled tom phillips and they were like yeah we're not gonna let you do mania because we have no plans for you anymore 
don't put Joe out there, make him sound like your, your star commentator, get the audience really into him and then fire him. Something just feels off. Especially Robert in a thunderstorm. Don't like almost kill him. Don't, don't give him the spot that like the new guy gets in hurricane season. <laughs> like, Vince, uh, like I thought the lightning was going to do it for me. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in uh, this week. Let's get the plugs out of the way. Mike, Dan, can I quickly do a thing? Um, yes, you can. We, you know, we have a Twitter page at Wrestle Roast, and on Sunday, I asked some of our listeners um, to give a name for Natalia and Tamina's tag team. I just want to read a couple of those off if I can. You got it. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, Chris Manley said the creative black hole. Um, <laughs> Chris uh, said the natural disasters. Um, this was my favorite one. Clay Davis said. FTR, fear the ring work. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, Andrew at Chat Maniquin says 2009. Uh, <laughs> uh, Adrian at A Train 1994 said the Forgotten Daughters. Uh, Jordan Cassette, Cassette at the Giant Cassette said the $2 stakes. <laughs> um, BJ Club Kid said the Grizzled Old Veterans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Robbie uh, at Bertland 19 said legacy and uh, <laughs> belt addiction good, at belt addiction.com said the 20 year rookies. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bone addiction. Uh, yes. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for participating, for joining in. I will be uh, live tweeting Monday night raw this coming, this coming Monday. Uh, please leave a positive review or give us five stars on iTunes. It would it would really help us out, man, or post about it in your wrestling threads. I know I've, I've sadly got kicked off one on Reddit because I was like, you guys should, it's almost like me with a fake mustache going, you guys should check out our podcast. Um, <laughs> it was pretty pathetic, but uh, yeah, we've got, we've got a lot of really great shit coming up. We got a new Facebook group. Check that out. We've got our uh, Twitter where, you know, I'm going to be tweeting on Monday. Uh, usually me or Mike tweets on Wednesday for dynamite. Um, this, you know, next coming Monday, we're going to be asking, you know, uh, when we do the roast to Dave Meltzer, what shitty movie are we going to be watching? We already told you the chaperone knucklehead leprechaun origins, uh, legendary, a lot of really fun stuff. Next week, we're going to be doing the roast of the fiend, uh, for show and hell. Make sure to check out, uh, CM Punk whipping Husky Harris. We're going to be de debating whether dynamite NXT or con air had the best show. And for Grimmix, it's a walk of the plank edition. We're going to see who was wrestling's best pirates. John Pierre Lafitte versus Paul Burchill. Uh, versus an uncomfortable Titus O'Neil. Versus an uncomfortable Titus O'Neil. Uh, and again, it was awesome roasting Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest ever. We got The Fiend next week, roasting The Warrior the week after, Kenny Omega the week after that, Jerry the King Lawler the week after that. And this week for Patreon, uh, we are going to be giving you that new Jack roast that we promised. And we're also going to be uh, going segment by segment uh, through the uh, wrestling shows this past week. We're going to see who had the best post-WrestleMania show. You can get my dates on danstagermain.net. I'm going to be in Poughkeepsie in June. I'm going to be Iowa at the end of May. Um, and uh, you can follow me on Dan St. Germain and uh, at DS Germain on Twitter. Mike? 
Uh, yeah, uh, AEW had the best post WrestleMania show. Uh, um, yeah, you could follow me. Well, no, I mean, SmackDown. I mean, you know, because we don't know if SmackDown is going to knock it. Um, it cannot be worse than Raw. There's no way, just by it being two hours, it can't be worse than Raw. Um, Mike Lawrence comedy on Instagram, Scotty. Uh, everything Dan said, then Garbage Days with Brennan Sagalow. Oh, no, that's, we don't do that anymore, but you should listen to old episodes. It's very good. Listen to the old episodes. Robert. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. Yeah, and I think like me and Scott will be, I mean, Scott's already doing shows in New York now, and I'll be doing shows back in the city uh, next next month. So that should be uh, that should be fun. Thank you guys for tuning in, for making the Hogan episode or our uh, most listened to episode yet. I really appreciate it. Appreciate everybody who uh, at all things and everybody at ad free shows who uh, helped out with the episode. We'll see you next week for the roast of the fiend.